come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute. What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Go ahead. Quick, get in the car. No, 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 no. Doc, I just got here, okay? Jennifer's here. We're going to take the new truck for a spin. Well, bring it along. This concerns her, too. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We become assholes or something? No, 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 Marty. Both you and Jennifer turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. And welcome to Worldcast. Uh, wow, where are we now? Let's see. Um, over the years, the three of us have reviewed shows from the 70s, lots from the 70s, uh, lots from the early 80s, of course. Johnny and I did uh, mid-60s WWWF earlier this year. Uh, we've done the 50s. Uh, have we done the 90s? I don't know. Don't think so. Yeah, the 90s is even too modern. <laughs> well, listeners, you're in for a treat today because we're going way into the future. Uh, 30 years from where we are in world class on, on the regular Worldcast episodes. We're going to 2013. We're going to St. Louis, one of the great wrestling cities of all time. And we're going to the WWE for extreme rules. Yeah. <laughs> now, why are we doing this? Well, I explained on the uh, previous episode that we had the pledge drive, as we do every year, for the SoundCloud renewal fees to keep this podcast going and all the great podcasts on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network going. And one particular individual, one Sean Emily, donated by far more money than anyone else. To be frank, to be honest, a lot of you listeners were being pretty damn cheap. <laughs> yeah. And Sean Emily stepped up, donated a nice chunk of change, and I thought as a nice reward, I, I said to him on Twitter, pick a show, any show, any promotion, any year, whenever, whatever, and we'll re uh, review it for you. And he did. And this is what he chose. And the reason he chose it is because he was at this show with his brother. And so it was very um, emotional for him. His brother was about to be shipped off to basic training, I believe. And this was like mm. the last time they were together at a wrestling show in St. Louis. The crowd is super hot. And yeah, so this meant a lot to him. So here we are. We're reviewing this show. Um I said, I think, last week that I've never reviewed a show from the 21st century. That's not true. Technically, I've reviewed a few, all um, on the uh, Lucha Underground, or Lucha Aftergrounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Johnny was on one of them with me. Uh, my buddy Travis, longtime friend. That was his old podcast. So, yes, those are the only 21st century wrestling shows I've reviewed. I think it was three episodes of Lucha Underground for the Lucha Afterground podcast. So, other than that, though, 
We are. Wow. Um, well, should we get right into it or should we? I mean, at this time in 2013, I was probably the closest to like 100% hardcore um, old school fan at the mm -hmm. time. I wasn't watching much WWE or any other modern wrestling at all. Um, the last six years, things have changed, especially after getting the network, got into watching the pay-per-views, if nothing else, the WWE pay-per-views, and um, NXT, I became a big fan of NXT, but in 2013, no, I wasn't watching too much. Johnny, I know you were probably watching oh. Amal at the time. Oh, yes, and still do, you know, uh, but in, these, in this modern age of monthly pay-per-views, if it was a lot like, I don't remember this at all. Granted, also, you know, we drink a lot during these shows. Main events, <laughs> I have no memory of. And these were when we'd get done and then go record reaction shows right away. You know, and, and, and even still, I was like going, huh, I don't remember this angle at all. We'll, we'll get to that, <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh, it, it's not like the old days when you're just like, yeah, well, I remember this one and that one when there were fewer of them. You know, when there's one every month, it, it's and it's what's meant to be. Honestly, you know, there's the great stuff you want to go back and see again. But wrestling, more or less, is disposable entertainment. Yeah. And with the exception of that classic match or that classic this or that, you know, but it's generally it's disposable. It's monthly disposable entertainment. You know, nobody goes back and watches old days of our lives just because they liked it a lot. You know, <laughs> it's so back. Opera. I actually do. You do. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even do. Well, well, that's just it. Do you go back just for the special ones, like when the first Roman or the original Roman, we yeah. thought he died when he fell off the yeah, cliff? Yeah, I'll go watch clips on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, because I uh -huh. grew up on that. Yeah. So that, did I, brother. So did I. I thought, that Me was, too. I thought yeah. him and I thought Wayne Northrup and the Phoenix uh, had some of the greatest scenes of all, of all soap opera history. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. I was and, watching. And now, no one ever really talks about him because he's been recast so much, the Roman. And they all talk about John Black. So, but I, yeah, well, that, that was. Yeah, I was even like, like I'd still like be looking over his shoulder when John Black came in, and I go, "This is the real Roman." And I was like, "Fuck you, that ain't Roman. My Roman is rugged and has curly hair." Yeah, he wears <laughs> plaid. Yeah, exactly. Wear <laughs> Miami Vice clothes. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, I know Pete and. Uh... Marty Slees, a former uh, podcast contributor, are pretty big fans of General Hospital. I see them going That's back true. and forth on Twitter, <laughs> talking about the current storylines. So maybe someday there'll be a podcast. Um, with but I always go back to like Marty's more of new, new, new age uh, General Hospital fan. I'm, <laughs> I'm Robert Scorpio, right. Ice Princess, all the way, baby. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, those great days when I remember when the marriage of Luke and Laura happened and it was all over the news and it was like, didn't he rape her? Who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to wrestling. Um, okay. <laughs> Pete, uh, in 2013, Pete, were you watching much WWE? No. Um, I mean, this show seemed familiar, and the main reason it did seem familiar was I went to a house show. Uh, at this time, mm. and so a lot of these matches or these players were uh, together. I'd be watching Raw here and there. Uh, I sure in hell well. Uh, this is pre-network stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Network, yeah. yeah. So I know I sure in hell wasn't forking up money for a WWF pay-per-view at that point in time. Yeah, 
No, I remember when we started doing Titans, which would have been just a few months after this, August of 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete, you were totally just pretty much like me, 100%, and like Parv, 100%. Yeah, right, right. When I started actually uh, talking about some modern wrestling, and it was like freak people out because they're yeah. like, <laughs> they didn't think I watched anything because I never commented on it because no. I'm a guy who does, just doesn't like... I, if I want to, if I'm gonna type, waste my time typing something up on a message board, it's gonna be something that I enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's something I just want to uh, rip apart because that's just not my, that's not my personality. Mm-hmm. Good, because the, the the whole concept was like I'm gonna watch something I hate and then post about it online is madness. Yeah, I seek out <laughs> stuff I thought I would enjoy. So. When you find something you're when you're going in thinking you're going to enjoy, it, a lot of times it, it's 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 self fulfilling prophecy. I'm not even say, but even when I'm watching a WWE show and I look over at my buddy and I go, "Oh, that one was a stinker," I just don't feel compelled to go online and be like, "Oh, that sucked." I was like, "Who cares? There'll be another one in a month." <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, all these shows are like they're so. Uh, interchangeable it seems like every year there's an extreme rules every year there's a money in the bank every year there's a tlc or whatever and everything's so polished i mean like i watched that sledgehammer i look straight out of a freaking uh (laughs) uh, uh, movie prop you know it looked like it was freshly spray painted well it touched up well, the strap match, this the strap, oh the strap match. That was no strap match that Jimmy Garvin and Wahoo. No, it looks like that a, something they got from Toys R Us or something. Yeah, that, oh well, like well, a, well. That, that, that was a giant a rubber band belt. That, yeah, that was leather. That was leather. You can see the fucking marks on leather. it. Leather. I don't know. Oh, it, it was leather. Those slacks. We'll get I to it. Those leather. Okay. Yeah. Now those slacks, you can see when you you can see the bruises all over. Shapers. <laughs> Whatever. No, so, I, I think it was okay. the the toy version of a strap. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. looked like. About the sledgehammer, though, and we'll get to that. The reason it was spray painted silver is it was camouflaged. He yeah. camouflaged and he hit it there. Yeah. So it, yeah, well, great. We got, we got a stupid sledgehammer in a cage, man. Yeah. Awesome. No, I have some notes about that sledgehammer and all <laughs> and all that. Um, yeah. So no, we're we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of things. Uh, we're gonna argue, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, because it's it, I mean, wrestling has changed. It's it's only been six years, but this is the product is definitely different. Even though you know WWE sort of remains the same and look things. There's certain things that have changed definitely in six years, and I'm sure we'll. And you just look at some of the talent, and you're yeah. like, okay, they squandered this guy, squandered this guy, squandered this guy. <laughs> Or like, yeah. or like, hey, these guys would have probably been bigger stars in the '80s than than they got treated here, or what have you, and stuff. No, there's and there's guys that are now with different companies and better. Fucking Y2J doesn't even look like Y2J. No, I mean, okay, well let's get right into it because that's. Uh, yeah, let's get right into Y2J because this is before he looked like a, he looked like an alcoholic um, lead singer in a. In a in a fucking Judas Priest cover band, he's 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 Michael Hayes on a bender. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough it's been That's a rough six good. years for Y2J. But uh, based on on his look here, so that's this is the opener, uh, Chris Jericho versus Fandango, and I went into this show pretty cold. I think I made I skimmed it over uh, over the card on um, Wikipedia. But didn't pay too close attention. So when Jericho came out, I had no idea who he was wrestling because I couldn't remember uh, at all. 
I did see WrestleMania that year, and they wrestled on that show, but yes, it was completely lost to me. And so I had no idea. That's my first note. I was like, I have no idea who Jericho is wrestling here. And anyway, it's Fandango and Pete. Take it away. What did you think of this one? You know, um, it's an opener. Uh, Fandango <laughs> was a gimmick that in the in the in the capsule there of 2013 was a fun gimmick, but had a very short shelf life and. That ended up being true. I think he's better suited doing what he was doing with the fashion police, doing more comedy than actual in-ring work. Um, obviously, the gimmick is based off of a Dancing with the Stars. I'm kind of curious if maybe 40 years from now, if people are going to even know, well, I don't even understand kind of what the gimmick is. Uh, I think they will, because they'll, they'll forget about the Dancing of the Stars bullshit. But, but I think in 30 years, that fucking show will still be on the air. And... Uh, but people know what a ball still going to know what a ballroom dancer is, right? It is, but it's hard, you know, in, in a wrestling context. I mean, oh yeah, if, why is there a dancing? Years, wrestling? years from ago, do you think you'd see a ballroom dancer as a gimmick in a wrestling? Exactly. Okay, wrestling. Got it. Um, so as a short shelf life, um, Summer Rae looks absolutely stunning. Oh um, my god! In that yes. little outfit, uh, tight Ooh. body. Um, I'm sounding oh, like cool. Kelly on Sunshine Talk here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, say, hold on there. <laughs> that's a note I have is, I'll admit it, Summer Rae smokes sunshine in pretty much every way. Wow, I thought you were about to say she's hot, but she's no sunshine. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't. I just, uh, I don't remember much of Summer Rae. Like, I wasn't watching much at this time, and wow, wow. She, she was, Summer Rae, oh yeah, Summer Rae was the last of the... We hired her because of her looks, right. and let's try to teach her how to wrestle of the girls. Yeah. She was the last one but because right at this time, right around this time, it all paged. Yeah, when the woman's page. evolution started going, that's where she got her walking paper. Yeah, because right in this this show, you have Caitlin and AJ, and they were the mm-hmm. predecessors. They could work. They were Paige was about to come along, yeah. you know. So the summer, the the days of the summer rays. The only one who's ever who stuck around was Alicia Fox because she made an effort to learn how to, to be passable. Right. So summer rays long gone, right? She has oh been, long gone. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was gone, what, 2015-ish, probably? I, I think she, she was maybe on, you know, the, the shows nobody watches, the main event and shit like that, and then just kind of faded away. But yeah, she, yeah, wasn't she, was, there. she was, did she, they were just repackaging her, repackaging, repackaging her, until finally it was like, okay, enough is enough is enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, she, she wasn't even the original uh, dance partner yeah. for Fandango. It was like this actual dancer. And she was a brunette, and she didn't. But she didn't interfere or anything like that. She just danced with him down to the ring. That's right. She was in his corner at WrestleMania, right? Because they yeah. showed a clip, and I thought it was two different women. Yeah. 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 She didn't even have a name. JBL would just call her Mrs. Fandango. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I will never. I would never let Fandango open a show because this freaking uh, intro took forever to get into the ring. I mean, it was like, it yeah. felt like, oh my, come on. Right. Um, when, when you're ready to bell go, and you know, when they're about to announce a match, you're oh, so for opening any show, you're ready to go, let this thing go in. And it took him forever to get to the ring and all this crowd into it. Uh, the crowd was into the match. Um, you know, that's all I can really say. They, they, they didn't really have great chemistry. 
Uh, I mean, Y2J was trying to do his best to pull a match out of Fandango, but Fandango was, was at this point, I mean, and still to this day, I think he's just a pretty basic, he has a pretty good, he's a pretty good, has a nice build, good looking dude, uh, but he's really not a great worker per se. He has some, you know, personality and some charisma to him. Um, and I'm actually shocked that he's been on the roster as long as he has. Uh, but, you know, I went about, I went about us uh, two stars about it was an average match. Uh, nothing uh, horrific or anything. Uh, it looked like Fandango got Y2J with, uh, a little under the eye with an elbow. Uh, you saw it kind of uh, bruising up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, really, really, you know, a, kind of a nothing match, throwaway match. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, your thoughts? Well, here's the thing about Fandango now, uh, because he turned into a really good tag worker. <laughs> and the, the tag team and Fandango or, or Brizongo – <laughs> Fashion Police, whatever you want to call it. I've seen they've had some pretty good matches. I've seen them have a lot of really good matches, and now they're down in NXT again because it's going to be like that. Getting sent back to NXT is not a punishment at this point with the going two hours live against AEW and everything. And they've 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 kind of changed their gimmick up. They're still the Fashion Police, but they're not being goofy. They're just being cocky, so they, they're changing up. He He's evolving and evolving, and that's a credit to him because the reason why he's opening here and it's this long goddamn entrance, they misjudged how over he was because when he first came out and the music was catchy, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and that WrestleMania crowd and the post-Raw crowd, yeah. you know, which is a lot of traveling people – Throughout the entire shows, we're doing the da, 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 doing the Fandango shit. Mm-hmm. They well, he should have been t- booked as a babyface as opposed to a heel. That, but they, well, yeah, an instant change maybe, but that's just it. It faded away. Even if he was a babyface or a heel, it wouldn't have mattered because it was a it was one note. It was a one note act at that point. And after the crowd stopped doing that, no one gave a shit anymore about Fandango. Yeah, and, and then he was, doing, then he was yeah. on main event duty, and well, yeah. main event duty. I mean, the show, not actually the show. Being yeah. main event. I know. But speaking of Jericho and what the kind of shape he was in here, this is when Jericho decided that you know, in his late thirties, he's going to wear the tiniest, the tiny pants. That's the kind of shape he was in. <laughs> in the, yeah, for a no, guy he who, was super thin. For a guy who who loved who loved to wear uh, uh, long tights. For most of his career, when he decided to go to, to the budgie hugger, the budgie huggers. He went full on, man. <laughs> There's some tiny pants. Yeah, it was like it was like I wasn't one of his comebacks where he just wanted to change his look a little bit, and he went with the with the panties as opposed yeah, to the long the pants. The panties. <laughs> yeah. It was when he, it was when he came back as um, doing these Nick Bockwinkel routines. Yeah, exactly. I think it was like even 2004. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Maybe I don't know. Like no, it was when he came, No, yeah, when he came back and turned heel on Michaels was when he first started. Yeah, it was when. Sure. Because yeah. of, because two thousand eight or seven then okay because yeah, Nick yeah. Bockwinkel Nick Bockwinkel wouldn't have worn no fucking long tights he wears panties <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean this was okay uh, Jericho was really good I mean he always is usually a uh, really good babyface performance I thought by Jericho here um but yeah I was shocked at how lean he was in this I forgot. <laughs> what he looked like he's changed how non-red how non-red he is here. yeah oh he was in great shape um but here he's jerking the curtain 
And in 2019, he's a main eventer again. Uh, not in WWE, but still. He's, he, he's well, a he was status. main eventing in 2017, yeah. 18. In, uh, yeah, that's true. Japan, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even at this time, and obviously it didn't work, even at this time, they booked with the philosophy of wanting to open big and hot. That's the second most important match yeah. of the night. It's not hurt and jerking. That's still them overestimating how the popularity of Fandango, I think. Yeah. Because, yeah, after and of this, course, it was the 50 50 booking because Fandango went over and did a mania, and then yeah. this is Jericho getting his win back. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't do anything for Fandango, and he was pretty much down the cards after this, right? He was. Uh, after the Jericho feud, he didn't really do anything of uh, significance that I remember anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I still don't remember. <laughs> no. It's a t- until he um, gets into the team with Breeze, I, I couldn't tell you what he did for years. Is the total, I have no clue. Um, one note I wanted to make is the Trent Reznor fan, or whatever you want to call him, with the long hair, he's there. Yeah, the front row in 2013. But that I other, don't, the other dude, late 90s guy, is not there. I did that guy. That guy's story. I've created so many versions of that guy's story because I now I don't know. Is like, is that his mom or is he just into older chicks? I don't <laughs> know what's going on there. Right. That's that, a, it, a million dollar question. It's probably um, his mom, but how many shows my, has good. he been to in a row? All of them, and always the same fucking seats. He has to know somebody. Here's my uh, fancy booking, though. If I was AEW, I'd run a, I'd do a Freebirds group with Y2J uh, as the leader, like Michael Hayes. I'd have uh, Ryback as my uh, Terry Gordy, and I'd have all uh, what's his name, Uh, Perfect Ten, and who they have up there right now is is Buddy Roberts, Sean Spears, yeah, or Ty Dillinger. Well, was Ty Dillinger. Yeah. So that's my fancy book. I thought you were about to say if AEW was smart, they'd try to steal away Trent Reznor fan and his mother wife, uh, mother girlfriend. <laughs> that would be the what would turn the side. Put them in the front row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it kind of would be like an image thing. Like, oh, see, they've left behind WWE. They were the most devoted supporters. Maybe uh, they could go fight go find Vlad the super fan and bring him out of the <laughs> Yeah, they're They've brought back Tully, you know, yeah, let's bring back someone else who hasn't been seen since 1989. (laughs) Um, So next up is a very interesting match, at least considering who's in it, because talking about status being different in 2019, uh, first up, Kofi Kingston is now, his status has improved greatly in WWE, just really in the last six months or so, seven months or whatever. Uh, How do you hmm. say that? Yeah. Well, big, I guess I mean, the New Day thing. Yeah. But now, as like a, as he's got the second biggest belt or the traditional uh, he's world. Probably title. making more money right now. Yeah. Oh, I look okay. Well, I look at him in my eyes, my fan eyes. I'm like Kofi's the fucking champion. He's my top champion. Universal title. I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. To me, I'm like Kofi Kingston is the WWE champion, and I like it. I'm very entertained by it right now. But I do think, in a way. This is kind of also it's Kofi's moment, but it's also a championship run for the new day, kind of, because they've been the most overact for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but it's guy. also different because no one thought it was gonna be Kofi getting the main belt, or whether that would be Big oh. E doing the, the the lifting. Yeah, yeah, no, he's. I mean, yeah, New Day was 
huge and is huge, but now Kofi's even, you know, he's he's one of the top guys. Uh, I, think, I think Biggie will someday, but just not yeah, yet. Yeah, I would hope so. And anyway, uh, Kingston's opponent is Dean Ambrose, who, yeah. of course, now is John Moxley, is one of the hottest names in wrestling. Here, this was the, the beginning of The Shield, basically, uh, or mm-hmm. the, the first uh, five months or whatever of their run. Um, it was it was a fun time. If you watch, if you're a fan and you were watching it, all of it like I was, you know, I admit how stagnant a lot of it was. The Shield was this huge breath of fresh air mm-hmm. uh, into the programming, and a lot of good stuff followed out, out of that. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed. But because uh, that's so, so yeah, not what that, they were doing was so not WWE style. Yeah, it was like they they, 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 they were very rarely put a rocket to a new act. And push yeah. it to the top, and that's exactly what the Shield did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but also, when they would be in tag, like six man tag matches, I'd be like, "God damn, they're like a six man Midnight Express. They're so well oiled, and it, oh, they were so good." Yeah, I remember people being so excited on PWO when they first showed up at the end of 2012, and how yeah, it was just so different. And to think they. Right up until the showtime, the creative idea was that they when when they first appeared, you know, and, and yeah. do the run in, they, they ran in the cage with the Punk Ryback match. Yeah, they, they were supposed to be have those big glass shields like Riot Squad guys oh. carry a bunch of goofy looking hokey shit, and they someone changed their mind at the last minute. Thank God. Thank God. Wow, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, that that was a good call by somebody. Wow. So, yeah, here we are. Kingston versus Ambrose. This is for the U.S. title. Kingston is the defending champion. Pete, what did you think of this match? You know, it's interesting. The watching uh, pre-New New Day Kofi is just weird. And um, the guy, he was always a, you know, always a mid, good mid-carder, always had a spot on the card, had a good pre-career New Day. But New Day is where he really became one of a top act in the company. He at times he was felt like he was almost there, but you know the Randy Orton situation, you know, mm-hmm. squashed didn't happen, uh, and there are other moments. Uh, but yeah, and then you're you're seeing what the you just uh, so it's just like the dude's been around for a long time, and you just kind of for, almost forget, and now he's one of the top guys in the company. Um, it's it's just it's just weird in that way, and then. You look at Ambrose, the boy's aged. So we have already checked why he's wow. aged. Ambrose looks like he's been through hell and back. Uh, <laughs> well, but, well, between, well, I'll tell you what, uh, between staff infections and being just uh, being completely unhappy at work, yeah, that'll age you. Yeah, I mean, I, my note here is the road and time has uh, taken some t- – and time has taken, uh, you know, its effect yeah. on Ambrose. Um, you know, I, again, I thought it was a good, solid match. Uh, another two stars, nothing really popped out at me. They seemed like they were just, you know, they had a, they had their match, and that's what they were doing here. And uh, it wasn't, you know, it was just there. Johnny, any uh, opinions? Um, better opinions? Well, first of all, well, yeah, first of all, I forgot to mention when the show opened, and again, as you mentioned, this crowd is hot. Mm-hmm. I so hot. They would kill to have crowds this hot nowadays. I um, will agree there. The crowd have been in. They've been with with everything so far. 
Yeah, big, big time. Uh, someone has, and I, I saw it during the open, and I was like, oh, that's great. We could tie this in somehow to to yeah. world cast. Someone had a sign that said, Von Eric's rule. Yep. <laughs> they yeah. They made the camera. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I was going to do. I was going to say we could tie this into the regular world cast and, and talk about uh, the Von Eric's in St. Louis for a bit. <laughs> and they, but just FYI, that was uh, they were big. Yep. Oh, totally. Um, David, in particular, got over big uh, in the late David 70s. Uh, yeah. David yeah, David against Harley Race first. I just, you've read it too, I'm sure, Pete, the um, race uh, biography in, in the Observers over the last month. Yeah. Meltzer's wrote about three or so parts, and yep. I think it was the last one that really went in depth on the St. Louis um, run of Harley and, and all the matches with David and then later Kerry. And yeah, they were huge in St. Louis, you know, at a time when they weren't really drawing much in Dallas at all. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, no. And I didn't like, and I was in, I was in St. Louis in, in, uh, in 80 from lived in St. Louis from 78 to 83. And, um, uh, and that's, uh, we got, 700 Club. That's where I watched World Class, uh, and that's and then we also got the Glenn Eric's a lot on St. Louis television. So yeah, they were a big deal in my growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool that that sign popped up. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. But they also during the match, speaking of Harley, they name drop Harley. That's the legendary right. Harley Race is here. I saw him back in catering. Yeah, uh, he's in the building. Yeah, yeah, he's in the building. Um, they do a. Ch- uh, they pulled out a chicken wing and just made me think of Bob. So down, I wrote down Bob Backlund. You know, I think, <laughs> like just, I think I instinctively just wrote Backlund for some reason because there was a chicken wing in it. I liked the match. I thought it was it was entertaining. Uh, Ambrose, was, his style was refreshing. I always liked Kofi. I was a big Kofi fan. Um, I remember getting into a, a tiny little bit of a little pissing contest with Meltzer when I when I go to these live events. And you know, sometimes I'd send in the, the reports when they had more house shows nearby, uh, near my, where I live. And he was going on about Kofi's not over, Kofi's not over. And I had just been to a fucking show. And this was right around the time of that Orton feud. I just been to a show where Kofi was the most over person on the card. And I made a comment about like, Hey, Hey man, I don't know. I, I was just at this show. I don't know. And he, he you know, came back at me with some shit. I was like, whoops, whatever, whatever, Dave. It doesn't matter. But well, we um, talked about this before, John. I mean, house shows uh, reactions are always a lot different than the uh, television product. Right, but it was a matter of these, like, oh, I think you maybe just didn't hear what you, I don't yeah, think you yeah. heard what you thought you heard. And I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, typical melt yeah. response. <laughs> it was odd. It was odd. But uh, another guy, and I thought the match was fine, but another guy who really thought highly of Kofi at this time was punk because I I watched that punk interview on uh, Starcast and he's so out of the loop he doesn't know nothing you know and they mentioned Kofi to him being the champion he's kind of it he heard about that and he's like should have happened he's like should have happened six years ago you know so he he was a fan <laughs> then again they were best friends and they so. traveled together a lot too. yeah but uh. Kofi's more jacked here. You know, Kofi's gotten a lot leaner over the years too. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I was always a fan of him, even even when he was Jama- was a fake Jamaican. You know, I, I liked Kofi. 
You know, the guy was always thought he was charming and he was fresh and new, but yeah, he was around forever, up and down. They just weren't using him. So until New Day, New Day, New Day saved all those guys. Because oh, Kofi totally. was, Kofi was been around, been there forever. Um, they they had still hopes for Big E, but who knows what it would have ended up being. And Woods was kind of maybe on the chopping block. He was on doing job duty. He was like. Yeah, our, I remember he was our true tag partner in the when Rusev debuted and beat him in a handicap yeah. match. Oh yeah, yeah. I dude, I, I, me and Chris saw him live at a at a house show here when he was just he was brand new and he's just like, hey, it's Xavier Woods, new guy. And I remember looking at my buddy, I was like, ah, oh, that guy's never gonna get over it. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I was as wrong as I was. But they took that opportunity and they fucking they turned it into something that's been consistently my favorite thing on their television. Even when I hate what's going on, when it's a new day, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm down with this. Yeah, because it's one of the few things that feels like it's not micromanaged and it's not really scripted. Yeah, because I guess it hasn't been. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's remarkable. YouTube numbers that he draws on his YouTube channel. And it's like, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Let's leave him alone. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I too was a big fan of Kofi when he first came in because he was, you know, yeah, charismatic babyface, and that was cool. Uh, then, yeah, at this point, you can tell the crowd reactions were pretty muted for him when he came out. It was pretty silent. And then a couple of years later, I was at a house show um, just outside of Vancouver and saw the New Day right when they started the gimmick where they were, mm-hmm. you know, non-ironic. Oh, yeah, so did I. I. I So did I. And I thought, I'm like, oh, this isn't good at all. No, oh, yeah. They, when they, they were started, I was like, okay, well, they, they're, they're doing a babyface act with their heels right now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they were babyfaces who were, who were non, again, non-ironically teaching yeah. about the power of positivity. And I, I remember seeing them. My nephew was – I just when I brought him to his first wrestling show. He's really, he loved them right off the bat. He, but he was a, he, he was a toddler. As he, he loved them and John Cena. That was who he loved. And I remember going like, oh, this is – what is this? What is this shit? So the heel turn is what made him. Oh, yeah. So that night in Abbotsford that, at that show, they wrestled the Ascension in a match that was just oh, the boring chance for – very loud and it looked like oh god this is death total death and it was it was like the match just totally sank like a stone live and then a couple months later they were the hottest thing in the company it it was in a remarkable turn and think about it in the history of this company having three african-americans get over as baby faces in a group i'm the only other group who's been uh, you know all african-american for the most part i mean there wasn't all of them but the nation of domination. They sure in hell weren't babies, you know. Right, they, exactly. They, were, they yeah, played right. militant. Um, so yeah, so it's really. I mean, uh-huh. as a socio- I'm not into the sociology and, and wrestling thing, but it is fascinating to look at and really look oh. at it closely. I bet it'd be really fascinating. Well, before we move on with that, I just wanted to just add since this is the only time we're ever gonna fucking talk about this shit. You know, well, it depends. If, if anyone else wants to pony up some fucking money next year, maybe you could get one. But nah, you're getting this. Um, <laughs> um, I was watching one of the documentaries about this and seeing Kofi in Ghana with and little kids talking, being interviewed, saying how great it is that and wonderful for them that someone who looks like them is the champion. And I, I, I'm just 
it's it, it fills my heart with joy. And Kofi, and Kofi fucking, I hate to say, you always hate to say that guy deserves a run, but we all do. And Kofi did, and they're running with it. This whole like, ah, oh, they'll take the belt right. I'm all off after WrestleMania. Nope, they are running with this, and it's one of the one of the things that on their TV right now that they are doing right is how they're doing Kofi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the only things that I'm intrigued with. But he's in a feud with Orton, and which is Orton. great. But it's oh, it's great. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to my okay. thoughts on the evolution okay. of Randy Orton. But he's great now. He, let me see. He's great now. So, next up, we have a strap match. <clears throat> oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's clearly a leather strap. I, I, I don't know. It looked pretty pretty hokey to me. Look, I had my earbuds in with listening to this blaring, and those slaps were like, whap. Look, I know. Look God, at God, he's sorry. He's ashamed of your butt. No, no. Look, look, look at it. Look. I'm the kind of guy who kind of knows what the sound of leather being slapped by the leather is like. I'm just saying, you know. So I, I know what I'm, I know what to listen to. You use your pants getting pulled down. Jesus Christ! Oh no! Well, you know, you got you have to have a safe word, but you know, it's fun. Yeah, I think <laughs> of all the modern WWE gimmick matches, their version of the strap match is my least favorite uh, for I many think reasons. I can go there because. For one, I hate, 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 and I think this was maybe the the debut of this. Um, the lights. Yeah, I think it. They um the. So here, I want to ask you, Kelly. Um, <laughs> I like they have the a green one and a red one. Yeah. Now, is there somebody in like in a like a spectator box hitting the green or the red, or how does the corner signify which which one goes off? How well, do I'm they sure know? it's it's wired to where somebody is is pressing the button. Um, right. Watching. Yeah, do we really fucking need that? I mean, it just. I so know. It's over. a guy. No, it's a guy at ringside because the ref is doing the communication, and yet yeah. when he, whenever it goes from green to red, <laughs> whenever the, whenever there's a stop sign, <laughs> the ref makes a signal to ringside, and then it goes bloop, and turns yeah, off. It's totally overproduced. On yeah, that. it is like one of the worst examples of the WWE <laughs> overproducing every little thing. Here's what I thought it was. I don't think they had done one of these. And by the way, that style of strap match, I've seen that in WCW. Didn't Hanson and Luger had that style? We got to tag the, you know. But, the, they're, it, about, they're, but they're strapped in and look like an ace bandage. No. <laughs> no, no, they, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. WWE didn't invent the corner thing, but I don't like the corner uh, okay. touching thing but, either. I think that is yeah. dumb. Well, it's Mark Henry. Okay, think about it. It's Mark Henry. If it was a normal size strap, you think, yeah, motherfucker could break that. He's the world's strongest man. Yeah, and, and the reason he went to uh, some of these companies went to the touching of the four corners. It's a way of booking finishes where yeah. you don't hurt people. Yeah, it's right. it's, a, it's like a blow off of um, that's really not a blow off, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Here's why I think you, you had the red light, green light bullshit. I don't think they'd done one in a long, long time. And someone had the bright idea of, well, how are we going to get the audience to figure out what the fuck's going on here? I got it. Red light, green light. Like, like if, now, if they, if they, if there should be a yellow one in the middle when they're just, they have to slow down. And why do you even need two fucking lights, honestly, too, on top of it? <laughs> well, at least uh, Seamus has the green light. 
being Irish. Yeah, for, for being Irish, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I... Oh, well, I thought it was like they turned green, 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 and then when... Uh, the, oh, God, who fucking cares? No, 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 yeah, no. The green light was Seamus, the red light was... Henry. Oh, okay, I thought they I thought they had, like, red men, you know, nah, you know, <laughs> you, have, you have to start over again. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Um... Yeah, I, I love both guys, though. I'm a huge fan oh, of yeah. Seamus. Mark Henry, who doesn't love Mark Henry? Uh, especially in the PWO circles, of course. Uh, so we've already kind of, well, Pete and I have bashed the shit out of this match. Um, I didn't hate the match. I just hated all the, like, uh, I mean, I thought it was an The bells and whistles. Like, Don't get literally. me wrong. Uh, <laughs> literally. It was, I thought it was fun at times. But overall, I mean, it's like everything about it, the whole presentation, though, I fucking hated. Yeah. I mean, put a fucking gasoline on that thing and blow it up. <laughs> I was also confused who was the baby face and who it, was the Me deal. too. Me too. I can, dude, I was just about to say that. I was going, I'm watching, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching the lead up to this shit. And it's one after another of Seamus sucker kicking, yeah. Yeah. sucker punching Mark Henry. And then Mark Henry's finally had enough and whips the shit out of him with a leather belt. And they were slammed. Those were the slaps I was talking about, by the way, when when he beats the shit. And I, to me, it looks like. Yeah, and the angle, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's like, to me, it looked like, but, but it also looked like, yeah, well, Mark Henry must be the baby face here, right? <laughs> nope. Nope, not at all. Yeah, this the WWE not understanding their anti-bullying gimmick. Yeah, because I was sure Seamus was the heel going into the match, and then the bell rings, and Henry's full-on heel. Well, no, because when I I, no, I realized when his original music hit, that original music hit, and I'm some people I'm, I'm fond of some of the old music not that one you know <laughs> some suck <laughs> too many lines too many lines it's awful <laughs> but and then he's, but the crowd goes apeshit for him right and he was high-fiving fans and yeah. he's high-fiving kids i'm yeah. like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> it's just totally confused um. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's, all I got. And that's with the video package. The video package was awesome, but yeah, it, it, it did you know, make it look like a decent little program. But yeah, yeah. I um, totally. I was just scratching my head, going, "What the?" This is around the same time you see it with the Dolph Ziggler stuff too, where Ziggler's a heel, but he's also a baby face. There's some weird shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we we can we can move on then. Yeah. Okay. AJ and Caitlin. Yeah, so another thing about the last six years is, of course, the standing of women in wrestling and WWE has greatly improved. And we're reminded how it was By watching Stephen Graham's Twitter every day. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but the only segment... This was fine. This was so there's okay. no women's match on this show at all. And, and the only thing really involving the Divas, as they were known back in those day, old <laughs> days of 2013. Um, we have uh, AJ Lee and Caitlin involved in a caddy uh, brawl backstage that they did yeah. pretty much every week back in those days on TV. Um, any insights, Johnny? What do you? What do you? Oh yeah. Well, 
I was I was having to try to piece together my pot rid riddled head, you know, what was going on here? And I'm like, all right, because they used to be friends. Then they weren't because she turned because she pronouns because uh, AJ turned heel, but now she's with Dolph. They put her with so many different guys. They, yeah. she, they put her with a ton of different guys. Um, and but and this was at this point where Dolph had did, had cashed in the money in the bank on Del Rio, but he but Dolph was the heel, but he got such a babyface reaction. They yeah. sort of that made him babyface, and it was like it, Big E was part of their group too. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, on the house yeah. show I went to, it was AJ uh, Ziggler and Big E, and then they ended up teaming with Punk. And against oh. uh, Cena and Ryback. But four on two? No, the uh, Big E and the AJ were outside the ring. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, because yeah, okay. Big E was more like the muscle outside yeah. most of the time. Yeah, right? yeah, he yeah. was the muscle guy. But um, so Dolph at this point actually has a concussion. I remember that, and that's why he's out. He actually suffered a real concussion. Yeah, and they, yeah. they, they, they show that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets kicked in the head. <laughs> right, right in the head, in the head. yeah. So anyway, so while they're going at back and forth at each other, uh, they did this little bit back then where, because AJ played sort of like she's a manic pixie dream girl, but, you know, you never know what the fuck she's gonna do. Mm-hmm. And so to get under her skin, you called her like Looney Tunes or crazy or some yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. and she does that here, and and she's like, oh yeah, and she makes a joke based on calling the fucking Caitlin a fucking pig, and then they they go at it. Here's what's weird. I haven't read AJ's book, but I've heard her be interviewed about it on Marin, and it's largely about her struggles with uh, mental illness. And so I'm like, what? What must that have been like? Because I, I'm not going to subscribe to like, hey, we know she's really crazy. Let's make it a given. No, no one knew. You know, no one knew. It's something she struggled with. Then she had to go out and portray that. Oh, that must have been tough. Yeah. Tough. Yeah, that'd be torture. Ugh. Yeah, we've come a long way, baby. Well, you know, I mean, my only note. <laughs> but you know what? You know, here's the thing. You know, if they go, listen, we want to do this angle where you know we're like, you're fucking nuts, but can we just ask you first? Are you? <laughs> then we won't do it. We're trying to be sensitive now. It's 2019. Yeah, I, I personally hate segments like this where people bump into each other and start talking. Because if you think about it, you think if Flair and Dusty bumped into each other backstage and a camera was on, do you think they would be well, fucking talking? They'd be punching each other. Um, but I think that it got physical towards the end here. So um, so that, that kind of salvaged the segment for me. Uh, ben, I do miss AJ a lot. I thought she was really She's a funny great. character. She was she she was outstanding. Everything they gave her to do, she did wonderfully. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I always liked Caitlyn too. Um, she was good too. Mm-hmm. She she had potential. Yeah, I don't remember her much. That's how that's how out of it I was. I mean, I remember watching her. She worked. Uh, her and AJ had a match at the house I went to. Um, but yeah, I don't remember her at all really. She I saw her. She was a muscle girl, you know. So mm-hmm. she was the. The, the, the you know the powerhouse girl like the Beth Phoenix type, you know she could but she was pretty good. I mean she was still kind of green, but even before she even when she left, but 
she got good really quick. Yeah, I remember her most from, I guess it was the second or third season of NXT when it was the original um, seasons where they were doing the competitions. And it was, I guess, uh, I, all women's one. That was, I, I, I watched I skipped, a lot of I, that for some reason. I, I skipped all those. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, they didn't even, even make background noise for Johnny Zara. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. But... Was those the ones where they had to do, like, fucking... Obstacle courses. Course yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I fuck about that shit. No, it was pretty it's, bad, but for some the reason only thing I, just... I got into that. <laughs> the women. No, the was. only thing I would do is I would... I think I would DVR it or whatever, or I'd make sure to watch anything involving Daniel Bryan and The Miz, because it was the only interesting story going on in that nonsense. That was yeah, that the one first season. one was good, yeah, because they had the ongoing story throughout, and then it became Nexus at the end, so it was... And you, had, and you had Jericho's genius, too, involved yeah, Jericho. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very first NXT show, the main event was... Uh, Brian against Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a huge deal at the time. But yeah, anyway, so our next match is an I Quit match. And uh, we have Alberto Del Rio, babyface Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, well, boy. Pretty rare um, <laughs> incarnation of his character against Jack Swagger, uh, someone I've never really like much i know johnny i know a sizable fan of his but... yeah we've had we, we've already we've had this discussion once before yeah and it was um, on I, actually lucha afterground yeah, yeah. lucha afterground yeah um because he was on the very or near the end of the last season he was like yeah and pete i don't know if you know this but on lucha underground when jack what do they call him on there jake strong jake hager no what, strong okay. no he was just strong i think it was yeah Whatever, it's fucking Jack Swagger. Who gives a fuck? Uh, when he do the uh, the ankle lock and he break guys' ankles over the over the speakers to the live crowd, you'd hear like crack, and they're like, oh, they actually cracked his ankle. You know, the like guys would still be back in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Her yeah. Ass. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this was okay. So the original match was supposed to be a three way. Right, with Ziggler involved? With Dolph, yeah. Yeah, but he was legitimately concussed. So this was... It was going to be a ladder match, a three-way ladder match. Oh. Yeah, for the big gold belt, I guess it was. That's wild, because this was when, you know, Extreme Rules, every every match had to have some sort of gimmick. Yeah. So they had to come up with something on the fucking fly, and they're like, let's do an I quit match? (laughs) Yeah, it feels well, like the Great American Bash shows that we watched from 80, uh, 85 they put on the network, or 86 or whatever, with Dusty booking it, because this is a gimmick match on everything. Yeah, it's just all these gimmick matches, one after the other, kind of kind of makes sense. wear on you, because especially yeah. when they're not, you know, feud, feud enders or whatever. It, it's play, well, it's, they're still playing on, because they, this is the pay-per-view that descended from the ECW. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I understand it. I just don't have to like it. Well, they, I'm saying they, they don't, when they, they don't necessarily do it like that anymore. They'll be like, well, we don't have to have everything to give it match. Yeah, because some of them were lame where it was like a tables match. Ooh. Yeah. Well, My well, favorite well, gimmick match is a tables match. <laughs> well, you know what? But I love the tables match they did. <laughs> that big show lost right, yeah, because yeah. He, he stepped on it and it broke. <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. I don't know what show that was, but I did I watch that. that one. Big show, 
is the master of having every shitty finish done for him. So, um, uh, I, oh, I, I got up and, pl- and applauded that finish. I thought it was outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Andre would have said no boss. Uh, <laughs> oh, how, what if I was like, well, Andre, we don't want you to win. We need to find a way for you to lose, but I, I, I'm not laying down for him. What if you just step on a table in this tables match? Oh, good. Uh, Heenan would have taken the bum for him. There you go. <laughs> um, so, Pete, Del Rio Swagger. I guess they had been kind of working a program based on the oh, yes. the mad ramblings of Dutch Mantel. Uh, I, I like both these guys a lot. And I think they would have been bigger stars in the 80s than they obviously became. Obviously, Del Rio had personal issues, uh, in theory. Swagger. In theory, no, he did. <laughs> yeah, had a shitty, had shitty, uh, had a shitty name. Uh, but man, the guy—he, he, I thought he was a good, solid worker. Got a good, got a good look. Good, big, big guy. Uh, you know, lack couldn't really talk. But you know, if you gave him somebody like a JJ or uh, Heenan or something, I really think he could have been a bigger star in the eighties. Well, in the eighties, yes, because that's exactly what they were doing here. Give him someone to talk for. Get, yes, to, and to talk Dutch. For. Um, I like Dutch's gimmick. It's you know it's it's a war, watered down version, but it's still a pretty good. good it's, it's still heated for uh, the, this time frame. This is no, this is edgy as shit, dude. Right, I yeah, remember. I agree. It yeah. is. I mean, it's still watered Wild. down, but it's but it, it's about as edgy as you're gonna get in the WWE. Um, I like. Del Rio, I feel like you know, I mean, the dude, if he were to work, Houston would have been huge over. He could have been Mil Mascaris' partner. He could have been Jose's partner. He could have been feuding with Jose, and I think that would have been money. Um, yeah. I like the psychology of Del Rio targeting uh, the, uh, the, the, the the wrist of Swagger. I like uh, Swagger. He cut, uh, gets a little cut. I like him licking his blood. I like Swagger going after the leg to set up the Patriot lock. Like the weapon shots, actually have some reason behind them. Like Swagger's actually hitting him in the uh, uh, in the in the uh, leg or in the ankle, and then vice versa when it came to Del Rio hitting Swagger in the wrist. Uh, not all of them, but but some of these shots had meaning, and some of them seemed like a psychology there. Um, I, I I love Swagger's when. Uh, uh, Del Rio had uh, Swagger in the cross arm bar above the, on the ropes. I love Swagger with it as a straight right and just and knocks him off the rope. I thought that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I hated JBL calling the weapons toys. Uh, I mean, I get, I understand it, but I just don't. Um, it was one of his, no, he th- he thought it, he thought it was one it, it was one of his cute catchphrases. I, yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, I didn't like it either. Bring it out the toys, boys! I'm like, yeah, yeah I know that's the, that's what they yeah. referred to him at backstage as the toys too. Uh, oh, really? I didn't even know yeah. that. I just thought yeah, it was so I did, it just you know whatever. Uh, I, again, I think Swagger could have been a big, big big star uh, if he was mm-hmm. in it. Uh, and you know, even here, I think he could have been in a big, could have been developed into a bigger star if he was put in like a group, like an evolution. He could have been like the Batista or like the Four Horsemen. He could have been in like a Luger um, type in that type of role and could have developed into a star. Uh, but it just, they did, it just didn't happen. Um, at first, I thought, wow, this is a really fun heel finish that should continue the feud, except mm-hmm. it gets reversed. Yeah. 
and what were they? Were they trying to? Be, yeah, were they trying to get the replay over as a thing yes. at this time? Yes, they were. And there's another case of there's another case of let's let's try to do some real sports shit. Uh, that they they did a, yeah, a so they, they do the uh, the reversal and then JB asked my question why are we using replay we've never done that before yeah, I know <laughs> yeah um, and then Cole gives the unsatisfactory answer because it's for the number one contendership well then why <laughs> didn't we uh, why didn't we go and reverse whatever later on in the cage with the hammer or why uh, <laughs> yeah. why 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 just why settle just on the number one contendership. What about the world title champ matches? Shouldn't we need a replay if someone interferes? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I ask, will uh, Dona, it just makes no, uh, uh, it hurt the match for me uh, on the finish. I mean, I was really loving this, man. Well, here's the funniest thing about that, because when I saw the original finish, I wrote down, ah, this finish sucks. And then I had to cross it out. Because I was not happy with that finish, and then oh, I'm I, thought going, was a, I thought it was a brilliant finish if they were continuing the feud and I trying think, to maybe work yeah. in the Dolph Ziggler into the three-way. But no, I, I think that's I, not what they were doing, and they went with this even worse, even to a shittier finish. Well, he, uh, maybe here. Well, maybe here's the thing because I really liked this match and I was so invested in it. And considering where we're at, not to get political, I'm going. But this is all a political fucking storyline they got going on here. I got invested in the match and I wanted fucking Del Rio to win the fucking match. I was like, Del Rio should win this match, right? What the, well, what the fuck is this finish? <laughs> it was. But then, well, then I'm like, that. but, but then I'm like, they were, again, like I said though, if they were trying to extend the feud, I thought that was right. a brilliant finish. To give us a non-finish to push the feud going to a next pay-per-view, <laughs> maybe it's because for something different. Um, but when they ended up switching chorus with that, which it makes no sense, why yeah. I fucking do all this shit? What, what, uh, what? I ended up giving it three and a half stars. <laughs> I had it at four uh, until they went to this fucking finish thing, and I knocked about a half a star off it because of how convoluted, how fucking stupid they made it. Um, there you yes. go. Well then, then, but then with the the fucking, well they're doing the the stuff with the finish. I'm going, what is this? The fucking Mike Chioda show? Jesus Christ! I've never heard Mike Chioda. I mean, I've obviously heard it when I first saw this, but Mike Chioda referee is on the microphone throughout this whole thing. What? He's on the phone with the back. I just here's what yeah. I saw. You know, and he's like, what do I do? Huh? Huh? Okay. Okay. Huh? Yeah, but here's what I saw. Uh, okay. Yes, his feet definitely, whatever the fuck it was. And, or maybe that was something else. I don't know. But there was a shit ton of Mike Chioda in this, in this wacky fucking finish. You know, here's the thing. I was, I think I was so, also so disappointed in this finish. Uh, the original finish is because I'm, because even if it was moving on to another feud, I'm not going to go watch anything more of this shit. <laughs> I wanted this to, I wanted this to end how I wanted to end The original feud, I thought the original finish. If you wanted to extend that feud, extend that feud. I think they've been feud, but I thought they'd been feuding for a while now. So maybe, maybe that's it. I well, then, that, well, it's, even if you didn't like the finish, you got to admit, you got to admit that it, it makes it's a brilliant yeah. to push the feud further. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get. It. I was, I was actually. This is where I really started getting emotionally invested in watching this show. But the, like, oh, I, I, I hate that you got even worse because. Then they took a finish that would make sense if you were pushing it further, but then they end around and bring it all back. Like, fuck, 
Why make it goddamn simpler than this shit? Because we're trying to be like real sports, Pete. And, Ugh, and for one Instagram, week and like, then back to For one wackiness. fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it always was, dude. Yeah, 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 we're making it real sports where there's a fucking gold, I mean, a silver fucking plated sledgehammer. A freaking ace bandage, bandage yeah, exactly. uh, thing. We have, we, hey, we have lights, red light, green light. I mean, holy shit. We, you need to give them what? Next next time they're going to put up a freaking iPhone that says swipe right, swipe left. When hey, Pete, but, but, hey, guys, you know, apparently that's one of the big selling points of AEW is like, we're going to treat it like real sports. And I'm like, eh, okay, let's see how long that works out for you. <laughs> but, um. Here's the thing about this before we move on. This gimmick with Swagger being fucking racist, basically, and uh, with his racist mouthpiece, you know, who he would fucking Dutch Mantel was so goddamn good at this character. And it was something to do. Like, what do you want me to go out there and say? Oh, you want me to go out there and be a fucking racist? Okay, you know, Dutch Mattel is not a racist in any stretch of the imagination. And, but this was playing on these rumblings that were going on, the guys yelling on Fox News, it was very Glenn Beck and those guys. This was inspired by the Tea Party was going on. And their WWE did, when WWE tries to do something political, it's, Always, with the exception of this, always terrible because, like, the original Muhammad Hussan angle was very layered and too fucking smart for wrestling. You know, we don't don't need to talk about how's this work. Yeah, you know, no, we don't need that. But this was good because uh, Zeb was so good at it. And here's how it just all Swagger had to do was. You know, wear his racist T-shirt and and go. You know, I pledge allegiance or whatever the fuck he yelled. You know, <laughs> I can't I can't remember. But uh, we the was, people, we, we the people. That's yeah. it. And this was so effective that it got noticed by Glenn Beck, who referenced it somehow or another. Kind of, I think maybe implying, oh, these are people who agree with the kinds of things I'm saying, or someone did. <laughs> and. They released a thing uh, on the internet. Uh, it wasn't widely seen, but I saw it. It was like only available, you know, if you really had to look for it. Where it's Swagger and Zeb cutting a promo and, and character, and then in the right. middle of it, Zeb goes, "Hi, my name is." And he doesn't say Dutch Mantel. He says his real name, and this is what Jack Swagger's real name. And we are actors. And for you to, you know, assume that this your beliefs are what I believe, da 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 da. He 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 tap danced around what side he was on, but considering he was addressing hate mongers, I think we know. And then they slip back into their characters and finish up the promo. And so this got so much heat in in the real media that they had to release that. So uh, this was a really effective stuff. I, you never see anything like this in the, uh, nowadays, not in a million fucking years. But I remember being very entertained with this angle. But they would also required a baby face and it had to be Del Rio. Mm-hmm. Del Rio is a shitty fucking baby face. It would have worked so much better like with Ray. Yeah, Ray oh, would have been perfect. Ray, God, Ray, oh, Ray would have been perfect. Yeah. Oh, well. And but he says. 
Ugh, I'm sorry. No, go no, finish up, Jenny. He said, when he's, but they let him ramble on that fucking promo. That goes on forever. Speak. It was, and he went into talking about the St. Louis. You shouldn't call them the St. Louis Cardinals. You should call them the Caribbean Cardinals. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, tap dancing, Christ. You know, they, oh, these were some boundaries pushed. I, I forgot how brutal this was. Yeah, what was the whole thing about the IRS? Was that some personal Vince thing that he had to get out? No, 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 nothing to do with Vince. I remember this. It was the something came out. You know, he he did everything but say Obama's name in this. But it was like they do it. It's it's everything you ever heard anyone say. And Obama's spying on you and all this shit. Apparently, the IRS were looking into certain people who were spouting hate. And looking into, well, let's look into your finances. Well, you, where, how much money are you getting for your little YouTube show or this, that, and the other? So it was something like that. You know, I remember it making the news. It was long. I mean, imagine all the kids in the crowd going, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, this, this had its moments, but like with the strap match, I just can't stand how the WWE has to overproduce these gimmick matches. And in, in this one, it was... That do you want to quit? Do you want oh, yeah. to quit? Oh. Like after um, Del Rio took the, the first move of the match, he <laughs> Kyoto asked him if he wanted to quit. And it's like, well, come on, Kyoto show tonight. I right? know, but let this breathe. Just a yeah, bit. I, 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 that's a very fair criticism. It was just uh, so over the top. But so but you just. It was the passion. It was the it was the passion of the Del Rio, buddy. Come on, man. Wap, wap, do you want to quit? No, doing his best acting. Uh, see, I'm a fa- I'm a fan of the whole do, with the mic. Do you want to quit? No, they did that in Tully and Magnum, but you didn't have yeah. to do it right away. No, exactly. Like like I said, in the first minute, he's asking if they want to quit. That's just not even you know. It's just not believable. You know. It, I, yeah. I, Mike Kyoto only gets one, a very few shots to get a live mic in his hand. He no. was taking advantage of every other. Yeah, he's a, a ham or something. He. Uh, well, I'm just, sure that was the direction he was fed. I don't. Yeah, think exactly. No, I don't. Imagine, think he went into business. Kyoto going in for business for himself. He goes. Yeah, he goes back. Kyoto, what the fuck are you doing out there? <laughs> no, it, it's just. Uh, yeah, it just hits you over the head again and again. At least JBL, and I'm, I've never been a huge JBL fan, but at least well, he was pointing out the holes in logic left and right, not just in this match, but all through the, the, the show. So J- JBL was one of my favorite announcers, and there, there was a period of time around 2007-ish where it was him and Michael Cole doing SmackDown, and they were by far the best announced team going at that time. They were so good together. It was very refreshing because he wasn't playing over the top heel commentator. You know, if there was baby faces who were good, he admitted how good they were and everything. And it it was really fun. Well, this commentary team seems like a golden age of commentary teams compared to what they truck out today. I mean, that's that's my one of my main. one of the main things that turns me off with Raw and SmackDown is the commentary is just abysmal. But that's I, just me. I prefer the the commentary on SmackDown because those are three guys or three people who um, actually is the original one. I think they just changed it up. But when it was like 
Graves, Phillips, and Saxton. I was like, those guys all came up together at the exact same time, and they had a fun repartee, but on Raw, it's kind of rough. Well, I think Graves is like, I digress so much. Real quick, here's the thing about Graves. They, they overworked that motherfucker like a motherfucker. Oh, I will agree there. I agree there. I mean, they 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 made they took every ounce of they, they took they had him. He was seemed like he knew what he was doing when he was doing one show, and now he's oversaturated. So the, it, his stick doesn't play well every day. Well, here's the thing though: everyone's got just like Cole. Everyone's got to learn to love it because he's the lead commentator. Because Cole is slowly transitioning. Because everyone now who says, "Oh, Vince is the one yelling in their ears," it, no, it, Cole does all the producing on the announcing, whether he's doing it backstage or doing it at ringside. He's the producer of all that shit right now, and he's so he's moving into a backstage role sooner than later. Right, and the rumors are they're gonna. Um, change up the teams and maybe just go oh, back yeah. to two man booths. Yeah, the three man booth is you know, totally. Uh, who knows what? I, well, I think Fox is going to want what they want, and it doesn't matter you know, what. Troy Aikman and uh, Joe yeah, Buck should be doing the commentary. Oh, it does. It's fucking Joe Buck. I will never watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would be an improvement, I would say. All right, so next was my favorite match of the night by far. We have Team Hell No, and I really loved this gimmick at the time. I, I wasn't watching much, but I did go out of my way to watch um, as much of Team Hell No. Have you watched the segment on the network? Uh, which on the network? They do a little, uh, I don't call it a doc, but they do a little 15-minute short. Uh, yeah. They talk to them, and they have Brian and Kane doing interviews, and they're talking about the Team Hell No. Uh, experience right I, I haven't seen it but i i now i plan on watching it oh it, it, i watched they do a lot of these little short docs that are uh, really fun now but yeah they do one on that which the, one of the great things was they let the fans vote on the team name and yeah. apparently it's legit because team friendship was the one that they <laughs> wanted and it's, I remember watching this, and I'm like, that's the one I wanted. I'm like, Team Friendship, that's that's the best one. And uh, they thought about, we got merchandise. There'd be so many good merchandise. And the fans voted Team Hell No, and that's what they had to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was a perfect name. <laughs> um, so Team Hell No versus The Shield. This is for the tag team belts. They just had the one uh, yeah. set of tag straps at the time, right? Okay. Yeah. The, the copper... Penny looking, uh, yeah, the big pennies, big pennies. Yeah, I don't know, Eh, Uh, greatest look ever. (laughs) Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, they were trying, they were trying to make them look ancient because they had like ancient gladiators on them. Yeah, we we understand it, just still doesn't, no, but here's what I'm saying. Understand something doesn't make it better. No, 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 I'm not defending it. I'm saying, who who the fuck said, I guess Vince said, because. Remember the beginning of those Coliseum videos? Mankind has done this forever. It's like, yeah, we're going to make them like what the, the gladiators wore. And someone goes, whatever you say, boss. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, Team Hell No versus The Shield. Peace, what'd you think? I enjoyed the match. Um, but, you know, the, with the, I've never been a big fan of Texas Tornado matches unless it was involved the Von Erics and, and strap, Straps. Because uh, then at least I can understand why there's chaos and then that why the tornado thing. Um, 
Like, I remember hating the Midnights and the Fantastics Texas Tornado match where they had it in two separate rings. Uh, you know, I, I, thought da- I thought Daniel Bryan really was the glue and really, really shined in this and and really was like the mastermind of putting this thing together, I think. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, I, I laugh because, you know, it's a Texas Tornado match, but now this is... Pretty much like uh, the match is almost like a finish to all Young Bucks matches because there's no tags or or what have you. Oh, yeah. There's no breaking after five. There's uh, and stuff. I, I give it two and three fourths. It's very enjoyable, uh, but it's just not my. I, I it's just not my thing. Of I, I have a hard time always gauging these type of things. But uh, I thought Daniel Bryan really was a glue to all of this. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I just love that Pete's like you know. It's only the Von Erics can I accept this guy to fucking match. If it's Von Erics, fine. <laughs> no. I just think they've done it best in the Von. I know. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's a Texas thing. You're yeah. a proud Texan. Should only Texans be doing this match? I loved this match. I thought it was great. There, when the Shield came in, they had a, a series of great opponents that they went right into. And Kane and Daniel Bryan were two of them. There was like big six man. I, I can't remember who else was on uh, Brian and Kane's team. Uh, that was a giant car wreck that I fucking loved. Ladders and all this shit. And uh, it, was, it was the crowning of the shield. But and I, I and I don't fucking. And so many people just fucking, you know, shit on Kane, and that's fucking much of horse shit. Kane's a fucking veteran and a giant base who knows what he's doing. And he, this was the best work Kane had been doing in a long time. He wasn't involved in something stupid. He was involved in something that had all, had all the potential to be stupid. But them going to fucking therapy together and all this shit, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it had the potential to be terrible. And they both pulled it off to where it was the best thing on their television. It was so good. My, I was doing a show called What a Maneuver at the time. Well, I want to interrupt real quick. Real quick. This I'm, is all I'm, I'm going to say one thing. Kane uh, was long in the tooth in 2013. He had been in some fun programs. He's been in some shit all a program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I can totally. totally see why a lot of people are bored and turned off by Kane. Now, if you're bored and turned off by Kane in Team Hell No, then you should really reconsider because he was very, exactly. very good in this role. Oh, exactly, exactly, because I, I agree. I was like, oh, I've seen Kane in some shit that I don't want to watch. But, but this was great stuff. But when we were doing that show, What a Maneuver, um, and you can find this clip on YouTube, just, just find What a Maneuver. Um, we made a joke uh, that when they were – they did this angle uh, where they're at group therapy, and Kane has to talk about you know his life, and he just lists off – all of the shitty, weird, crazy angles he's been in. It's like, you know, I was, you know, burned, you know, down, you know, my brother burned me down, and then my my stepfather, this, that, and he goes, and then I attempted to murder somebody. I electrocuted a man's balls. It goes all this, and it just keeps panning around to these people going, what? And I was like, this is like when George Costanza was pleading about what a loser he was in front of the rent board. And, and, my uh, my partner Brian Miller, or Jack Miller, uh, he made a little clip of that uh, <laughs> going back and forth from Kane to George Costanza. That's out there. 
Uh, so look, try to find it. It's great. But I loved all this shit. And then and it ends this with, is also and they also covered this in the doc and they showed some outtakes of it. Yeah, so good, so good. And uh, but I love the match. And then it ends with the shield now because Ambrose. I don't even imagine Ambrose won the U.S. belt. The shield, the shield just won the fucking tag belts. Not only are the shield, this is why it was so much fun in an old school way with the shield. Not only are they coming in on top, they're coming in on top and winning all the gold, baby. And my, it goes back to the four horsemen for me. Seeing a bunch of heels holding up all the gold, that gets me every single time. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was cool for sure. Uh, yeah, I really like this match. Brian, like this was an interesting match, and for several different reasons, Brian's on the cusp of mega stardom here because, of course, we know what's yeah. going to happen in a few months to him, and it's interesting to see. It was just so close at this point, um, and then that would change things like that. That changed wrestling history, I think. Yeah. When oh, he, completely. Um, yeah. So we're just on the cusp of that happening. So that's cool. And another the current, thing. The, the current, the, hold on, the, I'm sorry. The current crop of guys who aren't tall, who are top guys there right now, is because of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was revolutionary. Totally. And the other cool thing is Bryan and Roman Reigns always seem to be linked. Yeah. Somehow, right? So here yeah. they are right at the beginning. They're about to feud now. Yeah, exactly. Today they're on the cusp of a feud. And then they had all that stuff with the Royal Rumble and um, the fallout of that. And you could argue that's why Reigns was booed for years was because the yep. fans wanted Brian. So and the WWE at that time easily could have sat Brian out of that Rumble and history could have been completely different. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a lot of things that they could have done differently. Was that the was, was that the rumble where where they booed Rey Mysterio or no? Yeah, uh, I think that no, that was the previous year because that was the previous year. Ray was this number is the thirty. Year where Daniel Bryan had been gone for like for like yeah. forever. Well, I remember the one you're talking about. I just didn't know if they were the same. They were back to back years. Yeah, okay. the first one was uh, Bryan was in a match with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I remember that one. And and fans thought he may uh, be the surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. And then when he wasn't, the crowd just totally turned on the match. And then the next year, Brian was what eliminated quite early in the yeah, and, and he was injured though leading up into the yeah. Rumble. I didn't wrestle for probably about six right. months. Right, he had just come and back. And then he of, came yeah. back two weeks earlier or something, and they put him in. Yeah. For that fucking spot, yeah. Yeah, that was the worst, one of the worst. That was, yeah, that was the year The Rock got booed out of the fucking building. <laughs> yeah. With Roman. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. the, the Rock's holding up, doing the whole, hold, endorsing yeah. endorsing Roman Reigns, and they're booing fucking The Rock, of all people. <laughs> I'll tell you, but and I, and I remember seeing that, and I was like, well, this is fucking uncomfortable. But I'll tell you what, before we move on. When that fucking crowd was, I think it was that a Philly crowd. Yeah, it was a Philly crowd. Okay, was but was it also the Philly crowd that booed Rey Mysterio? Yeah, it was no, back in that uh, year. Philly, I it was Pittsburgh. The year before was Pittsburgh. Okay, it was okay. Pittsburgh. Good, because if it had been Philly, I would have, for the first time ever, said, fuck the Philly crowd, because you don't fucking boo Ravens. I don't care how disappointed you are, you, you spoiled, rotten babies. That's Ray fucking <laughs> Mysterio. Yeah. What a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this was a cool match. Fast-paced, all kinds oh. of cool stuff. I went three and a quarter. This is the only match I put stars on for the whole show. Uh, it was definitely not. Stars. 
Yeah, it's my kind of match. It it didn't overstay its welcome. It was just perfect. And, and okay. Did you notice this, guys? For some reason, I'm sure this is a Vinceism. They announced this as a tornado match, not Texas. Right. Tornado match. We'll say a tornado match. JBL and Jerry the King Lawler were not having any of that shit. They both <laughs> both both said Texas tornado match yeah. twice. On the commentator, on commentary, they were like, "Fuck that." Well, you can see why Vince has replaced all these guys with, you know, his personal robots. <laughs> pretty much moved their lips. Well, no, but here's okay, <laughs> replaced them with the Vince, the Vince. Well, but here's Vince I'm saying, ah, yeah. but it's not that fucking true because if you listen to Corey Graves, you know, Vince McMahon has no idea of anything he's talking about. He's he's completely. You think Vince is feeding lines to Corey Graves? He has no idea what the guy's talking about. Vince is worrying about the XFL right now. <laughs> well, that's maybe a good thing because yeah, uh, yeah. The less Vince, the better. I think in 2019. Anyway, oh, and and speaking of commentators, today's commentator uh, commentators, uh, we go to Renee Young with the the. Uh, Pre-show panel. I guess it young was. Renee. Young Renee. This might be. This feels like it might be one of her first appearances. Yeah, because in Canada, she first. Her, she, she's uh, Renee Paquette, or that's what she was um, on. Uh, it was a show that would air after Raw was on, called Right After Wrestling, and it was her, Jimmy Carderas, and um, uh, Arkell. He was. He had a cup of coffee with the WWE. Anyway, they would discuss the Raw that he had just watched. So that was the first time I ever saw Renee. And yeah, it must have been just around this time. Because I thought when I saw this the other day, wow, that's early for her to be in the WWE. Yeah. And is it just me or does she sound totally different? Yeah. In 2013, like what's what's happened in the last six well, well, I'd imagine what's happened is a career of talking as much as they had to fucking talk on these shows. Yeah. You know. Who knows? Her and voice she lives is in Vegas, totally different. So, I mean, that she likes to drink. The desert uh, <laughs> yeah. can suck your suck your vocal cords dry. Something, man. What, yeah, her voice is completely is, different. What What the fuck is Moxley doing to this one? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was an, a neat little thing there. This so, was also this was also more of that real sports shit, and this stuck around because these. Nowadays, we every show has this shit. Here's the, the you know the panel of experts and stuff. This is right when that started. This might have been the first one. Who knows? But uh, it was de- because it had Foley, uh, Titus, and who? Oh God, Drew McIntyre. And was they it were, Drew McIntyre? Yeah, yeah. Drew McIntyre. Oh, and they were and they were all in suits. Yeah, it was quick. They were all in. He fully was in a suit. You, he wasn't coming out like he would now, even in his fucking flannel. This was like Vince going, "You're gonna wear a fucking suit, Foley. Go down to the goddamn men's warehouse and get a goddamn suit." And they were quick and professional. They weren't playing their characters. They were like, "Let's go to the panel of experts during a football game. What do you think? Who do you think is gonna win?" Well, I think da 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 da, and. Uh, it was quick little sound bites. I was like, ah, they were in a real sports mode here. Luckily, well, depending on how you feel about it, I don't mind the panels. Uh, this stuck around, but thankfully the instant replay did not. Yeah, no, I mean, 
one of the things I despise about modern sports is instant replay. It's just overused now to where they're checking every little thing and it's oh, destroyed. I hate, I hate that they're putting in, I hate that it's getting into baseball. I was like, oh, go fuck yeah. yourself. That's what the goddamn yeah. umpire's for. Yeah, yeah I like exactly. the era. I mean, that, uh... no, exactly. Let, you know, yeah, someone's going to fuck up. Like, I'm an era, yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. Uh, you don't have to get everything right. We have to get mm-hmm. the right call. Ugh. Anyway, back to the... They don't have that shit in Little League. They shouldn't have it in the pros. <laughs> no, and it shouldn't be in pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the most sacred of all professional sports. Um, so now we're into the big three matches, and this one's big because it's in St. Louis, and the hometown hero is in it, Randy Orton, and he's going against the big show. And this is, uh, what kind of match is this again? <laughs> Extreme Rules, man? Extreme Rules! Extreme Rules. So that's like everything goes. Anything goes. It's a but they didn't do that much. They didn't use too many of the toys. Um, no. Well, you had to kind of tone it down because you still had two big matches after this. You couldn't, you know, go through all the gimmicks. Before you got to those, so yeah, no, this was, I guess, like a no disqualification. Yeah, and, and I'm, I, I like this match. I think probably yeah. because it was a lot more bare boned and simpler than a lot of the others. Yeah, did. that's a good the, point. And the logical thing, I thought, like we, we we always had the whole joke, and I would watch a lot of these shows with no that had no logic, and Johnny Logic became a thing. Well, what if it's this? And like, hmm, what if it's this? He's the goddamn Big Show. You know, if he just tosses you around into maybe the into the ring or whatever, it well, he doesn't need a weapon. He's a human weapon, so you know, makes sense, and it made for a better match. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like as far as Randy Orton matches go. I thought this was one of the better ones. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, <laughs> I know. I mean, I thought Orton was. I mean, one, he was over. Um, two, he. I thought he was really great fighting underneath. Had a lot of great facials. Uh, Mm-hmm. Really, you know, it felt like an old school baby face. Uh, I thought Big Show's timing of things were great here. Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a nicely paced match. I liked Show trying to take um, the arm early on uh, for the, to take away uh, Randy's RKO. Um, both guys are just really smart, and they they laid out a smart match here for the most part. You knew. Uh, Show was going to miss that uh, com- convoluted spot with the yeah. ladder in the chair, and they said, you know, I just went. There, I, I'm a big. I despise convoluted setting up spots like yeah. you're building a yeah. freaking log cabin or something, and, <laughs> and that's what I felt like they were doing here. I thought it dragged a little bit towards the end, and I thought the finish was a really a, too dominating of a finish almost for booking of of the big show where. I, I think Big Show might be the worst booked person ever in wrestling, uh, for the most part. Uh, and I, I mean, he got he got he took it down with an RKO and the punt, where it just made it yeah. uh, a little like this is final. Uh, yeah, and it's the Big Show where you feel like it should be protected a little bit more, almost like banana peel finishes. Well, well, but, here's the, here, do you remember how? The the punt at this point was a murder move. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. already just hit him with an RKO and followed it up with the punt. That's what I'm saying. They 
they just, they just, he just hit finisher after finisher on him. And I just felt it was a little over the top. I think they could have done something a little differently or more creative uh, on a finish. I felt this would be, I think it have been a fine finish. It was a guy, Randy Orton's size is what I'm trying to get at. Um, hitting an RKO on a giant and then hitting him with a punt. It's the giant we're still uh, doing. I mean, I know they, because he was never booked like a giant for the most part, uh, but it felt like every time you see him, though, he, he worked pretty damn good like a giant mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. But I felt, I felt this finish did him no just. I mean, this is like almost a burial on the guy. Well, I'm just gonna just here's here's well here's how I took it because I thought it was both the RKO and the the, the punt were both kill shots. He had two, and I took it as. It took both of them to beat the big show because he's the big show. That that's just how that's how I interpret it. I, I can see that. I would have rather with a being an extreme rules, I think I would have rather have a like a weapon shot finish or something. Well, that, that's, a fan of either, well, that, that's the silliness of saying like, well, it's extreme rules, but you know, okay, he, maybe he should have put a chair there when he did the punt. You know, to not have yeah, I agree with that. But those are both kill shot moves. They are. I agree. They're both kill shot bills, but I just still think, I know. I just think kill shotting a giant is. I don't know. It just feels different. I don't think you'd ever see Andre no. uh, take a double finish on, on a finish. Well, again, this when we're talking about Big Show, you know, these aren't the days of traveling around. You right. got a guy no, who's just I, there. I, all I the totally time. agree. I totally agree. But you I know. felt like they should have made him special too. Because still. Because he was a uh, different than every anybody else on that roster. Well, he had his issues too. So yeah. Oh yeah. And was he gone after this for a bit or something? Maybe that explains the finality of this match. I have no idea where. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last. Well, most of Big Show's <laughs> career, I could tell you some highlights, but I couldn't tell you the progression. I just know he's turned back and forth between heel and. Face more times than anybody. He's, he's now. He's now. Before I get, because I want to get into why I love Randy Orton right now. But uh, he's now about to star on a Netflix sitcom right. that I'm not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Big Show Show. Now I'm probably going to watch the first one or try to see what the fuck this is. And good for him. Good for him. I hope it's a fucking hit. I but. just canceled my Netflix because I'm gearing up for uh, Disney. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thought you were about to say, I just canceled my Netflix because Big Show got a sitcom. Yeah. I, <laughs> I canceled too. Netflix because I canceled all the Marvel shows on uh, it. I and, guess, yeah. uh, and I'm going to go all in on the Marvel Plus and come <laughs> I, and I, I, my uh, Disney, oh, Disney income on that instead. I, I'm actually trying to decide what streaming service I'm giving up because I'm getting Disney Plus too. Um, but here's the thing about Randy Orton. Randy Orton's been there forever. And at first, I I was like, hey, he's okay. And I was in and out on him and everything. And I agree, he got stale. Because when someone's around that long, they get stale. And I saw the, the criticism, criticisms of Randy Orton. But Randy Orton right now, the grown-up, adult, not, like, hey, you're 21, you're the biggest star in the world right now kind of thing. And he, he behaved as much. And watching the evolution of his work, Randy Orton right now is fucking outstanding. It's one of the best things about the modern product. I'm loving the the feud with Kofi is about 
is based on the shit that happened years ago. I love that sort of thing. I love that sort of thing. And he's, he's so good. And they're forming a little group with him and the Ascension. Not the Ascension. Fuck God, that would be terrible. I'll go to the back. Holy shit! Did I just say what the? You, you mentioned them earlier, and you yeah, fucked me I know, up. I I, the, sorry. You know, I meant the sorry. goddamn revival, which is I'm like that's fantastic. It, it, oh, them as his tag team Stooges. Uh, it, it, he's so good now. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, but so many people with wrestling, with wrestlers, I think, have an initial goddamn take on a guy that always skewers how they feel about him, even if they progress to, like, no, they're really good now. You know, like, oh, didn't like him then, still hate him. I'm like, maybe you can just learn to check it out and see the progression of it. He's a guy that, because he's so credible, that a lot of fans blur the character with the wrestler. Totally do. Because all those reports about him behaving like a spoiled rock star, you know, came out and were true. And people still like on the internet, we're like, yeah, that fuck guy was an asshole. Yeah. He was an asshole in his twenties. Now he's in his goddamn, like, by the way, only in his late thirties, maybe early forties. He's been around forever, but he was a kid, you know, and he's married and happy and settled down and he's not an asshole anymore, you know, but people still remember that. And they do like that. I don't like him. It's it's, it's silly. <laughs> well, I, I don't like Orton, but it's not because of his personal life or whatever. It's just, I don't know. I've just, there was times when I liked him, but he, he, for me, he just came to symbolize the, uh, like an era WWE I really don't like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, mean, I prefer years Bob. Ago. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't hate Randy, but I prefer Bob. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, right now, Randy Orton is one of the better promos they've got in, in the age of the scripted shit. They, I think they let him just do his own fucking thing now. He's also a, basically a part-timer, which helps. Right, yeah. That's, well, that's, that's exactly. He was overexposed. Uh, he was always in the mix for years and years and years. And you, He was never injured. He was never fucking injured. If you're never injured and you're a top guy, yeah. you're just going to be forever. Yeah. That, but okay. He, that any pop. any other thoughts about Orton or this match? It's just or... the pop when he came out that hometown yeah. the pop was huge. Yeah, and the crowd was super behind, and the the finish was um, better because Orton was like the conquering hero, babyface, and everybody wanted him to win. And yeah, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I I, I like this match, and I thought I was going to hate it. So you never know. Um, the next match, the semi-main event. This is for the WWE title. What was did they? They still had two belts, right? This was the for the original, the spinner belt, I guess it was. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's the so, WWE title, and the other yeah. one was the world title, which Ziggler had, and he wasn't on the show, right? Okay, so John Cena against Ryback. Wow, this is a blast from the past. <laughs> Ryback, it seems like he's been he's been gone forever now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Cena, though, I mean, yeah. The difference between today, or one of the main differences between today, or then and today, is they don't have a Cena anymore. They don't have someone who's a, a real, legit megastar. Draw. Draw, yeah. They don't. 
Uh, that's why they're drawing like six, seven thousand houses now. And here, this I'm assuming this was sold out. There was nothing blacked out. You could see even the the seats way at the top of the arena; they were full. And this was just extreme rules. I mean, it wasn't a major show. So yeah, Cena was a big deal. And anyway, um, Pete, what did you think of this match? You know, you look at Ryback. You know, like this dude, he would have been a huge star in any generation. And he was such. I mean, he came again and turned into a pretty good worker. He was a guy who would get in, I get on the outs with the company, where they push him down the card, but then all of a sudden they need a need a baby face, and then boom, they'd put him back there, and he he could get over immediately because the crowd viewed him as a star. And man, they just fucked up with him. Um, uh-huh. You don't think so, John? No, because I know enough about the backstage stuff to know that he fucked his own shit up. So, you That's know, true. Okay. they tried. They fucking, they fucking tried. Just, you know, let's re- just reference the CM Punk interview that got started all the lawsuit shit. You right. know, I've heard enough interviews with the fucking big dummy to know that he sabotaged himself. Yeah, yeah, he didn't help him. So I will agree there. But um, Cena is an all-timer. Yep. Um, totally. I... I decided the match here is all this is totally Jerry Lawler psychology 101. Cena was Jerry Lawler just taking an ass beating. Um, I loved it. It was, uh, I love Ryback. Uh, it's just hitting power moves by Ryback, and I'm digging Ryback's uh, heat segment here because he's just using power moves on Cena. Lots of 10 count teases, almost like too many. Kind of like you need to let it breathe yes. a little bit, like Kelly was saying. This was just um, like the I quit match. There was yeah, too exactly. Much. Yeah, this is a last man standing match. I this is last say. man standing. My Kyoto. And they had the same psychology of the 10 count teases versus um, the I quit. Do you say I quit? Do you want to quit? Um, yeah. I like the tease of Cena's comeback. The second tease of Cena's comeback was great. The turn time was great and a game changer. Um, and where they went into the guardrail, uh, then they started fighting around the arena, which was great. The finish was, you know, double WWE spectacular. Wow, here we go. But great. I, how many top guys would I mean, Casino pretty much here? It was straight up a Lawler. A Lawler used to give 80% of the match, pull the strap down, make a comeback. Yep. Cena gave Ryback probably about 80% of the match here. They teased some comebacks, and we got some good cutoffs. And then he started making his final comeback, and then we do this, and then we go into this banana peel finish, or with, which was above, it was full, spectacular, don't get me wrong. Um, but it just, you know, it was it was what it was. I gave it three and a quarter, but really well laid out, and Cena uh, doing, uh, like, the most, I mean, it, it was it was Jerry Lawler's it was a Jerry Lawler style match, and uh, I don't think a lot of people would make that comparison. But I you see a lot. Oh, I get, he, did oh. it, he did it with Brock. I mean, you see the dude did a lot. He's one yep. of the few baby faces who would give that much of a match uh, to an opponent, and and he stayed over that way, and it worked. Yeah, and here's and here's the the the, the craziest thing. During these days, it was not quite so much at this point, but the earlier days of Cena, that's when people would be you know, online bitching about fucking Super Cena. It's the worst. And I'm like, he's getting the shit kicked out of him the whole fucking match, basically. Mm-hmm. And he comes back because he's the goddamn hero. That's not Super Cena. That's Jerry Lawler. That, uh, you know, 
Hogan, but you know, Hogan. but Lawler's what I associate exactly. it with. Exactly. You know, I'm like, what a fucking dumb complaint. It's the stuff. Yeah, and you know, and and it, and it's different because like now in a lot of the matches, everyone, well, even in in, in the back, they don't refer to it as heat and shines anymore. Everything's a shine. They don't ref, they don't even call it a heat segment. So it's like even heels get a shine segment to look good. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've heard of. But <laughs> it's like. There's like almost like it's too back and forth in some of these matches where you the whole point is to get people to care. And you know what? One way of getting people to care, you beat the shit out of a baby face and you, you beat them on them, beat on them, beat on them. Ricky Morton made a fucking made a living in this business of getting beat on and making comebacks. And, and, uh, and, and with John Cena, it, 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 it's so silly because people are like, was well, he a fucking superhero? Yes, look at him. He's a goddamn specimen. He's, he's a physical specimen. Huge, and then, of course. He, he wasn't like, you know, people, you know, I think it's a fair criticism. Like the dude didn't have like a arsenal of, of like offensive weapons and he didn't need it because he could just yeah. take a big beating and he could just make a quick, you know, little comebacks and he got over with some token, with some token spots. Just yeah, like, yeah, but in his offense, someone described, I can't remember what the description was, but it was something along the lines of he had a great sloppy offense. Yes. You know, that looked effective. And was like, oh, he's a fucking fireman's carries his fucking finisher. So who the gives a shit? It's a, it's John Cena doing a fireman's like, carry. It wasn't as, it was, it was not as bad as the people's elbow. Uh, yeah. It's a match like with the people's elbow. It's, if you're able to get people, a finish is what you get the people to buy as a finish. And exactly. People, and people bought it as a finish. It didn't, doesn't need to look like you're breaking their neck. I can understand people criticizing it, but you know what? If it gets over, it doesn't matter. I still to this day will say the people's elbow is the stupidest thing I've ever seen right. in my life, and I would never sell for that a that, that move. Well. But you know what? <laughs> uh, if I was working for the WWE as a wrestler and they wanted me to make The Rock look good, I would sell it. And it got over. Um, so you can get – if you can get that mm-hmm. atrocious move over as a, as a, as a, as a, as a false finish as or a finisher. finish on sometimes, yeah, you, the fireman carry will work. Exactly. But uh, so my thoughts on this match. Initially, I went, I have no memory of this feud. I have no, I was like, none, none? What the fuck? What? Ryback's a heel? That slowly came back. Oh, he felt mm-hmm. he got fucked because of the shield fucked him out of his match with Punk when he was a babyface. And then him and Cena have some back and forth. Who gives a fuck? Um, Vicky Guerrero comes out. And I see some Vicky Guerrero, and that yeah. always makes me happy. I loved Vicky Guerrero. I, by the way, I, how Kelly feels about Sunshine. That's me and some Vicky Guerrero, my friend. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. oh wow. Whoa, boy. Yep. Ooh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Bob. <laughs> I love me some Vicky Guerrero, buddy. She was wow. hot. Look, I'm looking at women my own age and going, that is an attractive young lady. This is the era of mixed reaction, Cena, which so many people would still go, see, that's how many people don't like them. Like, I, you're a fucking numbskull. Listen, Cena sucks. Let's go see. It's the biggest reaction. It, it, no one, yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. It, oh, it's, yeah. 
It, it's ridiculous. I still hate that reaction, but you know, you can get used to it. No, but yeah, but it just, but it, it, it's a reaction in eras where guys struggle to get reactions. Whether you hate them or you love them, it's boom. And then it eventually turned into the guys who would chant Cena sucks were doing it ironically because everyone likes John Cena now. But they throw each other in the hockey boards. That was dope. Um, I looking at Cena, I'm like, this is like New Jack Cena. I like this shit. The ECW, this is the most ECW-ish match of the night. Uh, even the finish was ECW-ish. And I'm like, shit, they go through that goddamn, like, the, the, the panels and all the sparks fly and shit. They've electrocuted John Cena, I think, at least three times. <laughs> Big, Big Show threw him into a giant lamp and electrocuted him once. I'm sure he's been electrocuted a lot. And unlike Goldust, he didn't suddenly get Tourette's Syndrome. But because he's John goddamn Cena. And at this point, I wrote down, this show is great because it just it's it just picked up midway through. You know, I was like by Del Rio swagger and and then Orton and it show feels like an old school. Uh, yeah. So where it yeah. actually built the, the matches got better and better as the show went on. Yeah. I love, now, the crowd was shitting on the finish. But you know, I get it. You know, they're like, bullshit, bullshit. But this makes sense because you've what 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 you have in the main event, you want to continue this feud, like you mentioned before, Pete. Got continuing feuds, and uh, God, they mentioned Bruno in this. They're going old school here. It's the anniversary of Bruno beating Buddy. I was like, this is one of those times where they were trying to reach out to Bruno, and he was still like, no dice. <laughs> No, he had actually been inducted finally at oh, this uh, WrestleMania. Just, yeah, it was this year. Yeah, that was in 2013. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, wow. Oh, yeah, remember good. it was the previous time they did uh, Mania in New York or the New York area. Holy shit! It that sounds was... like well, then the network should have been around then. No, network launched uh, 2014, right before Mania. I, that but year. I but I watched Bruno get inducted on the network. I thought. But anyway, uh, wasn't it? I think it was Larry the first year, wasn't it? Maybe that's anyway. who you're thinking. No, anyway. well, I know I watched it anyway. Um, and they're taking forever here, and everyone's concerned about John Cena. And you know what? How's it? We got to get him on a stretcher. No one gives a fuck about the Ryback laying over there. Like fuck that guy. He's the here's the meal ticket. Let's get him out. out of here. But Ryback gets up. Like he should have won the match. No, he was up and walking away. Oh, but I don't. But or being helped away, but he was up on his feet anyway. Uh, who knows? But it was so great. <laughs> but it was the crowd starts reacting, and then there's suddenly a foley, foley, foley chick because they're taking this very seriously and and moving away all of the, the metal and slowly putting John right. Cena into the neck brace and making this look as real as possible. And then suddenly there's a Foley, Foley, Foley chant, and I'm wondering, like, did they send Mick Foley out there with, you know, without a live mic to just look at, hey, everybody, get your attention? Maybe. <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And, and you know what? I actually, the, when they do the stretcher job, it's actually kind of cool. But you know, Cena showed up on Raw the next night. Fine, I'm sure. I don't I actually, I I don't know, but. I know it leads to an ambulance match. I did remember that. Oh, I, that's oh, the God. only thing I remember about this feud is that's the blow off. Well, well, to lead it, to do a segue into the final match, um, what I didn't remember, I didn't remember that John Cena and Ryback was not the main event of this show. I thought that was it and was about to turn it off, and nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, by this point, I was getting a little exhausted from the show. I'm just... Oh, I, I broke this up into three days. I, oh, okay, I, I did it I all did, at once. I did the first... I, I did up to Swagger, night one. I went up to uh, Ryback, Gina, night two. And then today, I finished up uh, Hunter and Brock. Yeah, usually I do break it up. But no, for this, I after Cena, Ryback, I took a shower and then watched <laughs> the main event. <laughs> That was the only well, hold on a second. What break up doing to yourself during yeah, that John yeah, Cena. Yeah. This, this, this Cena. I mean, I love Cena, but uh. obviously. Um, I'll what, tell you what. I, I watched the Jericho Fandango match like a day before I put it on, wrote a few things down, and then I watched the rest of that in one sitting, high as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was it was I was stone sober. It was like a. Wednesday morning when I watched this, not long uh, after I had breakfast. I would, ima- I would imagine if you had done it my way, you would enjoy have enjoyed this show as much as I did. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed most of it. This, I mean, I, I wasn't very invested in the Ryback character. Uh, I, I love Cena, but this feud, yeah, this didn't do anything for me. And then the counting with Charles Robinson, oh god, that was just so annoying. But um, yeah. It was, it was, it was, the crowd was super hot, of course. Charles Robinson was, Charles Robinson was like, fuck, if Kyoto's gonna do it, I'm gonna do it too. Yeah, the refs were one-upping yeah, each other. Yeah, it was Little Nate, yeah. And then his super serious, you know, face at the end when they go through the screen, and then, oh, yeah. this is, this isn't a fake wrestling anymore, this is real, uh, that they sometimes do. Uh, yeah, 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 we got that soundbite talk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Cena's had far better matches and feuds than yeah. this and with Ryback. So, the main event, oh yeah, Triple H. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, I, mean, I, I love some Triple H, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I love Brock Lesnar, usually. He's one of the few guys of the last... Uh, decade basically that's kept me interested in mainstream wwe anyway i've never seen even now before uh well maybe yeah maybe in the last year or two it's it's finally worn off i've been i've been tired of brock lesnar for three years now this is my least favorite part part of the show I guess the last for me it was the Goldberg uh, series. That was probably the oh, last. that was a great series. That was yeah. an awesome feud. Yeah, that, I think after that probably because no, well, I haven't seen anything from this year really. Um, I didn't. The matches was slam. the matches with Seth Rollins. I was like support. I actually enjoyed because he, Brock Lesnar lost both of them. I got sick and tired of watching this guy fucking win constantly over guys who I thought were better wrestlers. Yeah, and yeah, that Reigns matches were uh, outside of the first one were uh, pretty disappointing. But yeah, and they, I mean, and they, yeah, and they didn't. And they didn't have Samoa Joe beat him, which is I. I wanted that. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I wanted it. Yeah. Anyway, so the what this was actually a feud that had been going on since I think what the previous summer. <laughs> it was a long. Or where um, Triple H. His arm was broken, and then on commentary they mentioned Brock breaking Shawn Michaels' arm. I don't remember that. And yeah, it happened on Raw, supposedly. Something else he did, uh, dastardly. Anyway, um, here we go. They're in a cage with a referee, so it's it's got you can 
get pins, and you can also escape, which I, I, I was on the Place to Be podcast a few days ago, and we watched a Piper Rude cage match where they had the Good match. Yeah, but I, I, one of my uh, pet peeves is having the the ref in there if they're still doing the escape rules. Just do one or the other. Don't do both. I'm with you on that. I think it should just be one or the other. Totally. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Anyway, Pete, your thoughts on this big epic main event? And you also got to remember, this is a different Brock. This isn't the Brock who'd beaten Taker yet, right? No. Mm. And this isn't uh, the street no, still. No, next, no, next WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Next this is when Brock still gave a shit and, and and put on good matches. Yeah, this wasn't a Suplex City Brock where it built yeah. all around him guzzling somebody, and then he'd sell for a minute or two and uh, the exact opposite and then win. Um, but um, this was pretty. Uh, this is. I thought Brock was tremendous here. Um, I, I I will say though, I felt they went to the cage spots a little too early. I wish they would have built to them a little bit, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched that Valentine Slater match on the network, uh, and they did the cage. They didn't go right to the cage immediately. They built those uh, those spots. They should have teased it a little bit before, you know, going into the cage. I thought Brock did a great job of selling and getting over in the injury in this match. I uh, I uh, I liked um, I liked Brock. Uh, it seemed like he was just. I like Brock's uh, facials here. I thought he was showing a lot of pain. Oh, um, I thought a lot. Yeah, I thought the escape, the cage spots were well done and well timed. I thought the devil pedigree was ridiculous. Um, and how did Hamie just get into the cage? I thought yeah. that spot was just really convoluted. Um, and then of course, the hundred pedigrees, both of them. Jeez. Um, and then the sledgehammer looks like a freaking movie prop. Uh, it was a camouflage. Sledgehammer finish in a cage. Eh. But I will give credit for Brock hitting the F5. Uh, and he's uh, selling the leg, doing a one-handed, one-legged one. So I, I liked how he kept that storyline alive. I wish they would have played up a little bit more. We saw Brock go after they used the Kimura a little bit. But the spot really didn't get much of a reaction because it happened last summer. Uh, I felt like it could have – it's something that they could have put over a little bit more on commentary. Uh, overall, I still enjoyed the match. I gave it three and three-fourths. Uh, there's a lot to like about this, especially broad Brock side. Uh, Hunter, though, I will say Hunter – one thing Hunter can do is he is a big dude. He's – you know, he's able to go toe-to-toe. You, you buy him going toe-to-toe with Brock in a way um, yeah. that a lot of these other guys only, I mean, there's only a handful of guys on the roster who I would believe going toe to toe with uh, Brock and, and Roman Reigns would be one of the other ones. Um, Samoa Joe, you can make an argument for, uh, but for the most part, there's only a handful that's because they made him such a monster at that point, And he had the credibility and it's pretty funny. Cause that right when Brock shows up, this is kind of right. Like it was almost like Ryback is, is, on the hot seat at that point, like we have a better monster now no. uh, and we're paying him money to more money. So that was going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're paying this guy X amount of money, uh, he's definitely going to be the monster of your promotion and stuff. Do you remember when Ryback first started, everyone just chanted Goldberg at him? Yeah. Yeah. For quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause he was bald and they had him beat jobbers fast. <laughs> 
yeah, for a long that's time. Basically, it. Yeah. So this, the stuff leading up uh, to this match they were showing I, that I forgot about, but when I saw it, I remembered is Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman invading Titan Towers, invading Paul Levesque's office. And <laughs> pissing on shit and tearing it down and everything. Hey, Paul, come on here, motherfucker. And I, I loved that. Uh, apparently, this cage was a new cage built specifically for this match. I don't know why. It's a new cage. Uh, it's a new cage because it's a certain um, paint job on this cage of gray to match the spray paint of of the the sledgehammer that's hidden up there. So when he rips it out, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, the live crowd didn't see that. No one said, hey, look, there's a sledgehammer up there. You know, Triple H, he's the game. He spray painted one and hit it there earlier. <laughs> now, well, yes, <laughs> the sledgehammer is the stupidest weapon ever because you would murder a man. You would Johnny murder a man Logic. if you... Johnny Logic. Yeah. Johnny Logic. It's, no, it's not Johnny Logic. That's exactly what it was. He rips it out and has this look on his face like, aha, gotcha. That's why it was silver. Well, yeah. I made the note. Like, I, I'm picturing Triple H painstakingly spray painting the sledgehammer yes! the night before and then sneaking into the arena sneaking, sneaking and, in. and placing it on the cage. Yes. Like, you had... That's what... If wrestling was real, that's what had to have happened. That's right? what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, this isn't me making. I didn't pull this out of my ass. This is what I watched on television. Oh, and, that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's, worth that's the story they're telling, but it is yeah. it's true. Like that's what happened. It was placed there and spray painted by Triple H. It had to have been. Yes. And, yeah, but it's still a shitty story. I know it's a shitty story, but that's the story they're going with. That's what they're going with, buddy. And uh, but there's so much talk because because goddamn uh, Brock's knee is hurt, and he's yelling at Heyman, "Paul, my knee!" I'm like, this is the most I've heard Brock Lesnar ever talk in a match. Yeah. What's with all the talking tonight? Everyone's fucking talking. Uh, Paul, my knee. What do we do? What do we do? Get a chair. And when Paul Heyman does what he has to do, so, so hey, I fully expected Triple H to win this match, and I'd have to be the whole, like, Triple H burying everyone. I'm like, oh, no, Triple H loses this match. Good. Thank God. Um, and he says, well, that's my manager. <laughs> and I'm like, w why is Brock just chatting it up here like a maniac? It, it's it's crazy. I thought the match was a lot of fun. I totally dug it um, because I, I'm so again I was so I was so not looking forward to watching this because of my current perception of Brock Lesnar matches for the most part. It was like, oh no, this is when he still was good and gave a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, and he actually worked a fifty fifty match with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, the psychology was weird because it's Brock selling his knee the whole way you know oh, my knee. The deal. yeah whereas i don't know like, mm -hmm. but the, the modern dynamics are well no it's it's like the only way to take the monster down is to take out his leg you right. know that makes sense i always thought hunter was a shitty baby face except for his dx run anyway so yeah and this was essentially the end yeah. of triple h's baby face run because i think the next time you see him he turns on daniel bryan and as the ref, right? 
at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, and he does his, and he's able to show up on NXT program and get babyface pop. So yeah, I mean, don't fun. even, well, don't yeah. even try and come up with an excuse yeah. for those. But those are, but him showing up on NXT are are, are legitimate babyface uh, pops. The fans are going, thanks. Right, we like this. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he's a babyface now again as a wrestler, though, right? Yeah, the once a year shit or twice a year shit. Well, the Batista was the heel in that feud or whatever. Well, it wasn't a feud, yeah. but the match at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like uh, WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia. It's pretty much it for Triple H. And I, I still, I'm still laughing at Triple H's and Sting's uh, WrestleMania match where Sting's having a match not based on WCW versus <laughs> versus WWF, but Hunter and, and the rest of the company is. Yeah, they they said that in the documentary. We weren't thinking about that at all, you know. They probably weren't, but I remember enjoying that fucking train wreck. I was just like, okay, whatever. Sting had a cool entrance. I loved I loved Scott Hall on that doc though when he's like, why didn't why did Sting job? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I wonder. Um, that was the last WrestleMania I actually enjoyed start to finish but at the same time you talk to Sting and he's like I don't give a fuck about that kind of shit I was happy yeah, to be fucking Wrestlemania yeah. he was like he's like he's like I got to walk out with cool kabuki drummers and shit and work a fucking Wrestlemania he don't give a fuck about who loses or wins no yeah so this was yeah, this better than I thought it would be um I just yeah, I loved it bigger. yeah with this, the match or the show or both I guess no, the show. I mean, through the so many of these shows back then had a weak undercard and a hot run in the middle, and then a main event that either delivered or kind of was like, oh, it was okay. But there was always from that where intermission would be right up to the main event was a lot of great stuff in this era. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the pay per views from like. 2015, 16, 17. I was watching pretty much all of them as soon as I got the network. That was, I thought, a good run. Um, that's that's that. never been the problem with WWE. They, they have plenty of good workers. It's just a creative. It's just in yeah. The, the weekly TV yeah. shows are just too much. I just can't. I I, I try sometimes and then I'm turned. Yeah. Off. If I want to, if I ever want to torture somebody, I'll make them watch Raw. Uh, back, back, back to back, you know. Well, I, I still watch everything weekly for the most part because I watch the hour and a half raw on uh, Hulu, and and I watch uh, SmackDown as well on the Hulu. And there's some cool shit going on with Raw right now because you're seeing Heyman's influence come into play in a big, big way. But from Maybe and maybe Heyman's influence needs to be seen in the three-hour version, but whoever because Bischoff is not in charge of creative at SmackDown. That's not his fucking job. Mm-hmm. Whoever is SmackDown has been fucking consistently fucking great, and it's who's on it basically. They've got the better line. They've got the lineup that I prefer to see. And you know, guys go back and forth, but they still have lineups for each show. There's just, you know, they go back and forth every now and then. SmackDown is that is consistently like, oh, this is a good goddamn show right now. 
I don't know who's in fucking charge of creating. Well, I, I was going to say, isn't it Vince rewriting the show at the yeah, last no, moment every that, week? <laughs> no, no, because that shit's been fucking completely overstated. It's been completely overstated. Is Vince feeding lines into your ear? Well, no, it fucking had no. I read the fucking articles. It, it happened twice two months ago. Since that time, whoever's fucking doing it, I was like, this is the more entertaining. And you know what? If it is Vince, good, because I've been watching good television. Well, yeah. It was a little, like, it's a three-hour, God, the three hours is too goddamn long. No, I, yeah. I, mean, I think a wrestling show, I think an hour and a half is the sweet spot. Yeah, it's it's definitely not three. That's Actual sure. champion. And then hour two and a half. the next day. <laughs> Five in two days. I, I can't yeah. imagine people... Being able Imagine to every week. Good God. Yeah. And now NXT is going to be two hours. Yeesh. Yeah. But then again, you know, the way people watch things nowadays, you know. Oh, yeah. You can do watch it at your leisure. And, yeah, watch it at your leisure. You. you can watch what you want to watch in clips on YouTube. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pissing them out. Like, oh, the ratings. I'm like, no, when they get on Fox, they're going to care about that because it's network. But we're getting to a point of moving past fucking – in fact, Nielsen just announced they're changing the way they're doing ratings now because they're completely right. obsolete. It's I, completely I, – I've always wondered why the network doesn't do like a primetime wrestling show instead of doing the main event. Do a primetime wrestling show and show like matches from around the thing on house shows and stuff. That's neat. Along with – you know, do it for an hour with wraparounds with two people who might – like I always thought my – Perfect thing would be like Stone Cold Steve Austin and somebody doing doing it. But well, there you go. Right. Pitch him an idea. You know that on those drive-alongs where they're going from house show to fucking house show, bring the fucking camera crew in, film a little bit of the fucking show, and yeah. have it be hosted by Steve Austin. Shit, you could do that. Well, they're gonna have a show on FS1. That's like a like a. News show or you know uh... Fox, Fox wants. I was joking about AEW wanting a, a more sportsy uh, presentation. Apparently, so does Fox for them. So yeah, they I'm, want Renee Young on there on doing SmackDown. Oh, she's not good on commentary. They they like her because her her reactions are more genuinely like a sports reaction as opposed to some of the other guys. Okay, she's like she pops for stuff. Uh, dude, I love her. But I know we're just keep, keep going, going here. We have to wrap it up. But as far, if I, but as far as the current, you know, uh, in, in that role, uh, Beth Phoenix is better <laughs> than Renee right now. I just I enjoy her. Yeah, yeah. She she feels genuine. Beth. Yeah, she feels amazingly genuine because she's been in the ring. So yeah. that's, that's it. I always like I always like uh, Renee more behind the scenes stuff than on. on well, no, that's it. Oh, totally. Her doing talking smack with Daniel. Her Daniel Bryan doing talking smack until Vince finally said, "What the fuck are you doing?" And watch this unscripted thing that was awesome and said, "Fuck this," <laughs> you know that that was a shitter. That <laughs> while, while that lasted, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting times for sure in 2019. I think it's positive um, times myself. Oh, I, I, I'm totally positive, too, uh, despite my um, reactions to this show and some of my comments about WWE. Uh, but, yes, I'm looking forward to 
October and the new war and how this is all going to change and what's going to happen. It's going to be cool. What you, war? Um, they all keep saying there's no more. Well, whatever. Yeah. Personally, I uh, thought the worst thing that ever happened was the Monday Night Wars. That changed wrestling for the worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe the Wednesday Night Wars will do the opposite. Yeah. Maybe it will make shows three hours long. But real, okay. But but real quick, here's the thing. This whole idea of war, the war is ridiculous. We are in an age where you're like, I'm just going to watch CM Punk in that same interview. He said, don't buy into this bullshit. We are in 2019. Just watch both. You can just watch both easily. You don't have to get a... Well, yeah, you could do that in in the 90s too, really. Yeah, if you got a VCR tape and you had to program it, this, that, the other. We are at an age right now where like, I'll watch that, then I'll watch this. Yeah, like bu- TiVo is like you know now you know TiVo was just coming out really in the nineties. Yeah. Like yeah. So this idea of like we need to be on one side or we need to be on another side is silly. Just fucking watch. I'm gonna try to watch both. Hopefully AEW could streams somewhere so I can check it out and see what I think of it. Yeah, I'm hoping that too because they have no deal in Canada yet. I heard it's about that. Look- yeah. It's not looking good. So I have Hulu. I don't know if it's going to be on Hulu. Probably not. I got I got Sling, which allows me to get TNT. TNT. Okay. And so I I have it mostly because of the football season. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, there's a double whammy, so I can now check this yes. TV show, which is for me like I've been people have been asking me my opinions on AEW. I've given some, but for the most part, I want to go. I want to see what they're doing on television first. Uh, anyone, I think right now people need to cut back on how long their freaking pay-per-views yep. or shows are. They don't need to be, we've seen, like, when they put up the Great American Bashes and uh, Boogie Jams. These shows were two and a half hours, and then if you want to add an yeah. hour with other stuff going on that they've edited out, you don't need, yeah, three and a half hours is the most a show should ever go. Yeah, you know what, well, Pete? Yeah. And you know what, Pete and, and Kelly? Our show right now is about to be two and a half hours, and I think that's perfect advice. Sounds good. <laughs> well, and this show we reviewed was less than three hours, and that's six years ago, and now it's all bloated and shit. Oh, God, it's too fucking long. Anyway, let's hop in the DeLorean and go back to 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun, though, and we'll do this every once in a while, maybe. Um, I was thinking as we were recording this, like, we could do, like, a throw a dart the board random show type that'd be fun you know and we just pull up one of these off the network or how about if someone could uh, pony up some fucking money ahead of time so we're not begging next year and here's our patreon right now starting now we'll just do modern shows that's how we're prostituting ourselves (laughs) fuck i'll do it give us money and we'll you know, we know you're already from... a prostitute john all right so <laughs> hey look those are my past you know i needed the money i had a coke problem <laughs> anyway yeah this was fun once again thanks to sean emily uh great time uh watching this well not great time but an okay time i had a great time a great time talking about it uh we don't get to discuss uh, modern wrestling very often on uh on air so yeah we'll probably do something like this again but next week we'll be back in Dallas, back in 1983. We're getting close to like Star Wars, Thanksgiving Star Wars, Christmas Star Wars. We've got some big cards coming up. Damn so straight. Yeah, yeah, some big shows on the horizon. And, yeah. Um, any any closing thoughts, gentlemen? I have a plug. Well, Pete, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pete. Well, either or. <laughs> yeah, follow me on uh 
on Twitter at Titans O Wrestling. Okay, I just want to plug the podcast uh, Crime in Sports. I discovered it recently. I re- and I went, went like, what do they have wrestlers? Uh, it's two stand-up comedians. One does all the research. The other sort of just reacts. And they talk about various fucked up people in sports who uh, run afoul of the law. They st- started doing wrestlers as well. And it evolves, but they've done Gentleman Chris Adams and they've done uh, Kerry Von Erich. And they're outstanding. They're funny as hell. And there's stuff on all the other athletes. I've listened to Dennis Rodman. I've listened to these mon- some monster soccer player who uh, fed his wife to uh, his dog in South America. And it's outstanding. And there's lots of wrestlers. There's a bunch of different wrestler shows. Snuka, uh, Jake Roberts. It's outstanding. Uh, so tune into listen to Crime in Sports. It's it's my new favorite podcast. Well, there you go. And. For everyone else's favorite podcast, that's us, Worldcast. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. In the year 2525, if man is still alive, if woman can survive, they may fall. It's time for the judgment day in the year.